You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast for players by players. And all about strategy, leveling up, and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to Arsenal Pass. Hello everyone, welcome back to episode 101 of Arsenal Pass. This is the Outsiders Limited Set Review. Aiden Dow here, Brendan Patrick. Uh, I mean, we're going to get basically straight into this, Brendan, but just one quick question for you first is, you've just gone through and done your set review. How are you feeling now about Outsiders Limited? Well, I felt good about it um before to be honest from when we did our constructed pod um but i feel great i think the set looks really really good i was pretty surprised in terms of my ratings like i had a lot of uh a lot of c's i think which is not a bad thing it's actually kind of a good thing but more than usual um i didn't have any cards that were like really popping out as as kind of like bombs or it's like this is a card i absolutely want there were a few there were a few don't get me wrong but i feel like in some past sets i've been like i've just snapped onto some cards and like even even some heroes i've been like this hero is just like way better than the other heroes yeah six hero set is really interesting um we i mean i'm excited that you just said that because i have some cards where i think this there's, there's some really strong i think the my kind of first take on the set is the rares look really good uh for the most part some look quite bad but yeah well I mean, just cover off news as we always do, uh, just kind of high-level stuff. Um, we did a giveaway on last week's pod on episode 100. We are recording episode 101, this limited set review, basically the day after that pod dropped. So we're going to actually announce the winner of that in episode 102. So you've still got another week to get your entries in for that. Uh, hop on to episode 100 on the YouTube comments there, drop a comment. And if you leave us a review on uh, ratethispodcast.com, you get two times the entries for doing that as well. So uh, you can get yourself three entries, right, Brennan, if you, if you go and do all, all things. Yeah, so it's ratethispodcast.com slash arsenalpass. Ideally, you use that platform and able to submit the review because when you use Rate This Podcast, we do get a specific email that tells us like this person did that. I will go check Apple Podcasts just in case anybody didn't use that, but sometimes Apple Podcasts is a processing time. So yeah, don't get caught with Apple Podcasts. Just, uh, just hit it with ratethispodcast.com slash arsenalpass. And Brennan likes to get the little prompt for the review so we can have a little chuckle because uh, we know how much like, Brennan loves a little a little funny review. Um, I think they're all the ones so far are pretty serious. Other than that, yeah, get yourself in the draw. Uh, limited time only. The Arsenal Pass limited podcast that's running for the outside of the season just dropped episode one. By the time this is out as well, you can go and see myself and Yuanji Lee talk about uh, all things outsiders pre-release. Had a really fun time doing that. And Brendan, the reviews are in. The critics are saying... The genius of Brennan Patrick and Hayden Dale at Arsenal Pass have struck gold again uh, with limited time only. So, you know, it's, it's already rave reviews are in. Great, great. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, go, go check that out if you want some tips on on uh, the limited season. And we've got a, a whole host of guests to join me over the next 10 weeks, including Mr. Brennan Patrick himself next week as we break down our experience at the pre-release and our sort of first thoughts after getting cards in our hand of Outsiders Limited. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. Otherwise, Brendan, let's get into the main topic. Just before we get into the cards, there's a few things for us to cover, some notes, things like that. This set review that we do, this is our fourth limited set review. We've, we covered Monarch, we did Tales of Aria, Uprising. Uh, so, you know, we, I feel like we're season pros at this now, but this is a commons and rares only. This is a limited set review. The reason we don't focus on Majestics, one is time, and, and two is that those cards are opened a lot less frequently, have less impact in uh, Sealed. Brendan, I think this week's, this, sorry, this month's Patreon pod, though, might be a limited set review of the Majestics. So, uh, Look out for that if you are a Patreon. And um, yeah, we, we can't cover everything. We do our best. I want to kind of point out that we, we do give grades and we'll go through the grades in a second. But the, the grades are a guide. You know, they're a way to compare and contrast cards together. And I think what's more important is the the comments and the sort of 
the mm. advice and the feelings that me and Brendan have on these cards in the discussion as opposed to the grades, right? It's important to note if you're coming from a game like Magic and maybe you're new to Fab, um, the grades aren't really a sort of like pick order or pick hierarchy. Like in Flesh and Blood, it is very important for your deck to be synergistic and to work, especially on terms of like your resource curve and what supporting cards you have in your deck. So although a card might be rated as a, you know, a C or a C minus or even something as an A, it needs to be fit into the right deck usually for it to be effective. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The the modality of flesh and blood cards always leads to these limited set reviews being uh, one difficult, two interesting, and three really funny. When we look back at some of the grades, uh, as Brendan pointed out to me before the pod with my grades from Uprising, so I didn't get them all wrong. Right, it was just a couple of cards that I was way off on. Uh, but we <laughs> come back. The best this. cards in the set, by the way. <laughs> a couple of the best cards, <laughs> and one of the worst cards. Yep. Um, all right, so our early grades, as I say, we will come back and we will review these. So, Brendan, I'm just going to quickly go through the rating scale before we, we start to dive into um, some stats as well on the set. So, uh, if you've never seen an Arsenal Pass limited set review before, it's pretty simple. We follow an A, B, C, D grading scale with a couple of uh, side and subgrades. A's, these are the best of the best cards. These are the cards that you, you want to open. These are your pack one, pick ones, and draft. Uh, you know, I could throw a couple of things from previous sets, you know, Crippling Crush, Heart and Cross Trap, Throne of Brutality, and Welcome to Wraith uh, via the Vanguard. Maybe you've only played Uprising. Bendel's Fighting Spirit Red, Sash of Sandokai, Red Brothers in Arms, those sorts of cards. Uh, and then move on to our Bs. Bs. These are our above average role players. So they're doing an important job in our deck and they're overperforming a lot of the time uh, the expectation of an average card in the deck. So from the last set, these would be things like Ember More Centipi Red, Mounting Anger Red, uh, Aether Hail Blue and Red. These sorts of cards are going to be really important in the deck and are going to you know help you get above raid or help you win games and, and push damage. And then our Cs, these are your true role players. This is kind of the benchmark of cards you want as the majority of your deck are going to be made up of Cs. I mean, in an ideal world, they'll be made up of Bs and As, right, Brendan? But let's be realistic. A lot of the time, it's going to be a big chunk of Cs. These, as I say, your true role players. If we think in the past set, uh, this would be things like Brain Freeze Blue, Dust Runner Outlaw Red, uh, Miraga even. These are cards that are going to do the dirty work for you, do the day-in, day-out jobs. Um, and I can, maybe some other ones from previous sets. Think Below Yellow, Throttle Red, um, Smash Instinct Yellow, things like this. And then the Ds, these are the cards that you want to play as little of as possible. These are the pure filler at best, and sometimes they're just going to be actually just worse than having, you know, 29 cards in your deck, for instance. Uh, maybe even a crack bobble at times might be better mm. than a D minus, for instance. Uh, think about Yellow Brain Freeze in the last set, at least that block for three. Yellow Sand Cover, particularly. Uh, Rebellious Rush, particularly Yellow uh, in, in that one. Liquify, that was a definite D minus in the last set. Um, so, and then our kind of two sort of subgrades or side grades, we have setup grades that we give sometimes. These are cards that you really need to have a build around for. Uh, you know, Sigil of Permafrost in the last set, I probably should have given a setup grade to Brendan. And uh, maybe even Phoenix Form as a, as a card that it might be, you know, an average role player, but with the right sort of setup can be a, a, a B plus, maybe even an A card. And then cyborg grade, these are cards that are not going to probably make the main deck of, of uh, your deck for every matchup, but they're going to be important for certain matchups. Think uh, Singe in the last set for Wizard into Dromize, or even Sigil of Protection if you were going uh, first was quite a relevant cyborg card. So those are the grades. Brendan, I've got some stats as well. I'm going to throw those your way before we get into it. Average defense value. We always like to talk about average defense value of a set to kind of set the stage of what you, maybe how fast the format's going to be, but also how good defending is and just what you can expect to happen when you're talking about like leaking damage and um, and defending out cards. So the average defense value of Outsiders is 2.36. Now this is comparative to 2.41 Uprising. And what we mean by this is this is all the, the defense values of the cards and then averaged out. Uh, this includes, you know, your two blocks, your three blocks, your, your no blocks. So it, it gives a sort of an aggregate of, of cards in the set and how well the set defends. Uh, so 2.36 in the set, 2.41 in Uprising. This is comparative to 2.24 in Monarch, although Brute cards uh, that defend for zero really skewed that. 
Tails was 2.26, although we had, of course, uh, you know, defense reactions and also Briar in that set with the token. Um, the reason I think that we look at 2.36 in the set is that like we do have a lot of three defense class cards, especially for Assassin and Ranger, but then majority of all the generics apart from a common rare, apart from come to fight, I believe, defend for two, and then a lot of the ninja cards defend for two in the set as well. So uh, I think there's a lot of nuance to this 2.36, and we're going to talk about it as we get into the set review, I think, Brennan. Yeah, <clears throat> I honestly expected it to be a little bit higher, like looking at all the, looking at all the three blocks I had seen. Um, but I guess it does make sense. You know, a lot of those, a lot of those ninja cards do block for two. And it's, I think the most interesting sort of, um, benchmark here is Monarch being 2.24. Um, just a set, a set that was classically <laughs> very tough to defend in lots of two blocks. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it's interesting because I actually thought it might be a little bit lower because I was comparing it to Monarch a little bit because the, the generics, I was looking, I was like, man, all these generics defend for two and all these ninja cards. But then so many of the class cards in Ranger and Assassin, actually majority, defend for, for three, like even the attack reactions, which we'll, we'll definitely talk about. Um, so that that's quite interesting. Uh, just a couple of other stats. There's six defense reactions in the set at rare, three Ranger, three Hybrid, and there's three more at Majestic, which we won't be covering today. Uh, there's three attack reactions. These are all cycles in the set. So while the defense reactions are single cards, there is uh, three attack reaction cycles. So nine effectively. Uh, one cycle at uh, Assassin Ranger Hybrid, one cycle at Assassin for Common, and then three more uh, red ones, Assassin Rares, uh, which when we talk about those cards, I'll tell you what. Uh, two cycles of instance. These are both generic damage prevention effects. And then Assassin has 33 class cards, Ranger has 39 cards, and Ninja has 39 cards. So makes a lot of sense when you uh, realize that the hybrids are all the assassin all hybrids are assassin and then half a ninja half uh ranger which we will get into uh, quickly brennan just uh, some things on keywords i won't go over the returning keywords but there is a lot of returning keywords in the set um traps of course aim counters opt is coming back but uh we do have a new type of card we have quiver and it's important to remember that, that uh, for the two rangers riptide and azalea you get to start with these quivers as tokens we also have some new effect keywords, stealth. Uh, now remember, as LSS has pointed out, stealth does nothing by itself, but enables a lot of things with Azuri, of course, and there's some conditional things that require a stealth attack to be targeted. And then we have some new tokens, uh, which we're about to get into. Mm -hmm. All right, so the tokens that are in the set, the three new ones that are gonna feature heavily in Outsiders. Uh, first one is Bloodrot Pox. So Bloodrot Pox is a gener generic token aura, and it says at the beginning of your end phase, destroy Bloodrot Pox, then it deals two damage to you unless you pay resources so we're going to see a lot of ways for this card to be made uh next one up is is frailty which is also new to the set uh, sorry inertia which is new oh, frailty yes frailty <laughs> uh, inertia which is next at the beginning of your end phase destroy inertia then put all cards from your hand and arsenal on the bottom of your deck again generic token aura and the last one is frailty your attack action cards played from arsenal and weapon attacks have minus one attack at the beginning of your end phase destroy Frailty, and then Ponder returns as well as, of course, Crackball, which you can get access to. Yeah, and let's talk about the heroes. <laughs> I'll go ahead and try to read Azuri first. It is a mouthful. <laughs> so Azuri is uh, one of the assassin heroes at 20 health. It says, once per turn, attack reaction. Banish a card from your hand face down. Turn the card banished this way face up. If it's an attack action card with cost two or less, put target attacking card with stealth from the active chain link on the bottom of its owner's deck. Then put the banished card onto the active chain link as the attacking card. Okay, and after that, we have Arachne, Solitary Confinement. This one's simple, but it starts at 19 health. Your first attack with stealth each turn has go again. 
Uh, coming back, we have Benji, the piercing win. Benji starts at 17 health. Uh, your attack action cards with two or less attack can't be defended by cards from hand. The first time an attack action card you control hits each turn, your next attack gains plus one. Old reliable in the form of Katsu. The first time your uh, first time an attack action card you control hits each turn, you may discard a card with cost zero. If you do search your deck for a card with combo, banish it, then shuffle. You may play it this turn. Heading on to the Rangers, we have Sturdy Boy Riptide, 19 health. <laughs> Whenever you play a card from hand, you may put a card from your hand face down into your arsenal. Whenever a trap you control triggers, deal one damage to the attacking hero. And everybody's favorite, Azalea. 20 health, once per turn action, zero cost. Put a card from your arsenal on the bottom of your deck. If you do, put the top card of your deck face up into your arsenal. If it's an arrow, it gains dominate um, until end of turn. Go again. All right. Let's get into the cards, Brendan. We're going we're gonna to start with the Assassins. Uh, this time around, we're going to go through. I think it's, you'll see as we go. But we're starting with Assassin. Uh, and uh, we'll go one by one, right? I think so, reading these cards. Backstab is the first card that we look at here. This is a assassin attack action at rear. It costs zero, and it rated it, it attacks for three. They all, the full cycle defense for three. It has stealth as a keyword, and says defense reactions can't be played to backstab's chain link. General thoughts on this card, Brendan? First card up. <laughs> well, I'm second guessing myself because you're like, oh, the assassin rares are so good. But I have this as uh, like a C or a B minus. I think in red, like as assassin, you're just going to want zero for threes that block for three. Like, I think that that's just where you want to be. A lot of cards do fill that role. Defense reactions not being able to be played to the chain link. I don't know if it's incredibly relevant in limited, but it seems non-zero. So I think this is just kind of a kind of a filler role player card. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't mean to scare you. I feel the same okay, way about Okay, okay, I was actually super scared. I was like, what am I not seeing here? <laughs> what have I missed? What have I missed? No, 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 I feel the uh, the exact same. I think Backstab is a solid C at red. I think the yellow and blue are honestly probably like even D plus C minus range. Like the, we can talk about this a bit more with like Azuri, but I think you want the yellows a bit more in Azuri, but I think in like Solitary Confinement, like these yellows are going to be just underrated. Like these cards are already pushing the rate you want right so in solitary confinement you can give the first one go again that that feels like a head jab right and it blocks a three that's that's really cool uh and the the text on this one isn't irrelevant some of them are more relevant but once you get into the yellows uh they're pretty awkward the one thing i will say is that you do want a lot of blues i think in assassin like upwards of 13 14 blues because of the daggers like half your deck being blue is not unreasonable you can treat it like guardian a little bit so i think um blues that defend three uh can be pretty hot all right and next up we have sorry one sec i'm just yeah, there we go. Sneak attack. Uh, this is an assassin uh, attack action at rare, and we're looking at the red. It costs two, attacks a three, defense for two, but it has some cheeky text on it. It says, if you played or activated an attack reaction, this chain link sneak attack has plus four. Hayden, your thoughts? Yeah, my first thought is really good number of reacts in the set, and if you can get them into your deck, this card is going to gain a lot of value, right? The base of this at two for three is, is bad. You don't want that in your deck. Defensive mm -hmm. two as well. Sucks, right? But if you can turn this into a two for seven, now we're starting to talk because uh, not only will it be a two for seven, but in reactions, it's probably going to be two for eight, nine, ten, right? Yeah. Like realistically, because you have to have to play a reaction. It is important to note that Azuri's hero ability is a reaction, so it would satisfy this ability. Um, but if we're thinking about like solitary confinement, for instance, you're going to want some reactions to, to play on this or if you just play this from hand. So I think this probably for me sits like a, definitely at red at least it's around like that B minus kind of range. Mm. And I think it's going to sit between like a, a, it could sit anywhere, honestly, from like a C to like a B plus, depending on what your deck looks like, I think. 
Yeah, I had this as a B plus. Um, it is definitely slightly a bit of a builder on, especially if you're in arachne solitary confinement. But I just see this being kind of a, a really annoying card in limited where this comes down as a two for three and you're playing against arachne solitary confinement in particular. And it just becomes like a two for 10. Um, well, actually, I mean, you add another card into there, obviously, with the attack reaction. But it's just so much damage out of nowhere that it's like it's really, really, really hard to play around, in my opinion. Yeah, like imagine a scenario where you come in with this, right? So you have one card left in hand and you, you play this and your opponent goes, okay, is this coming in for three? Is it coming in for, you know, seven? Is it coming in for eight? Is it coming in for 10? And they, they gonna like hedge with a double block and you just go, okay, just arsenal this card. Like there's also scenarios like that. This card is gonna be tough to play. Right? I think you're more on track with like the B plus rating. I yeah. think if you're in Assassin and you, if reactions are gonna be premium in Assassin anyway, if you if you have these cards, I think you this is the kind of card you want. So I think overall this card is really good. This is a card I think that every time my opponent plays it against me and they have less or more than zero cards in hand, I'm going to groan. Because like you said, I mean, it's the it's the damned if you do, damned if you don't with the attack reaction, right? If you overblock this, they just arsenal the attack reaction and they're still in a great spot and you've lost value on the double block. It's I think it's a great card in limited. CNC pummel problem. Yeah. All right, next up is Spike with Blood Rot. <laughs> Dude, the art in the set is... They've taken a next step up. I mean, there's, I think there's a reason this is a, uh, a 16 plus game, right? Um, so no cycle to note with Spike of Blood Rot, but there. Are, so it's only at red. Uh, this is a rare assassin attack reaction. It costs one and defense of three and says target attack action card with stealth gains plus three attack. And when this hits a hero, create a Blood Rot Pox token under their control. Brendan. Yeah, so this one has the highest rate. I mean, it's going to be consistent across the entire limited set review where I'm going to rate Blood Rot Pox uh, effects higher over others. Um, because the conditional effect of this card where if this hits a hero, like that's going to happen pretty much every time with an attack reaction. And a Blood Rot Pox effectively makes this one for five, which is an incredibly powerful attack reaction, especially when it blocks for three. So I have this at B and I think this could even creep up into the B plus. Like I think this is a card that if I'm if I'm in the lane of playing an assassin, I'm probably snap picking this up is like as soon as i see it as soon as i feel like i've I've landed in that class i i even think this could just be pack one pick one like i think this might be i think there's as i was saying earlier kind of alluding to a lot of good rares in the set this is one that i think is really up there i think this is for me is like a solid b plus and i it could even upgrade to, to like an a minus effectively if you think about this that because of that yes there is defense reactions in the set but they come in the form of these zero for threes and mm -hmm. ranger and breakpoints are quite important in the set as well. Like if you can, this can represent one for five, like one cost for five. And that works really well with like a zero cost stealth plus, like you have a blue in hand, you have this and a zero cost stealth. And I think that that lines up really well. You come in with dagger. Now all of a sudden, potentially you're getting the debuff on your opponent's cards. So they can't even like block your stealth card that well. You're already at a breakpoint, And then all of a sudden you're like presenting your last resource into five damage. Like blood rock pox token, like Brennan was saying, I'm also valuing that token higher than the other two significantly actually. Mm. And yeah, I think this is like a solid B plus, and I think this could be in contention for like pack one, pick one. Yeah, we talked about this in the in the constructed podcast about outsiders, but I think if you look at the design of the codexes in particular, which are at Majestic, so we won't be talking about them today, you can see pretty clearly that um, you know, Legendary Studios also values Blood Rod Pox the highly across uh, all the tokens. 
All right, so next up we have Spike with Frailty. This is an assassin attack reaction at rare. Uh, cost one, this is at red, blocks for three. When I attack action card with stealth, uh, target attack action card with stealth gains plus three. When this hits a hero, create a Frailty un token under the control. So same thing as the last card, except it's going to be a Frailty token. The Frailty token is, I think, the weakest one, potentially, because it does affect cards just from Arsenal in terms of the attack actions. But I do think that Frailty is particularly punishing against the ninjas because they will be using and it affects the weapons um assassin also has that uh, also has weapons you know it's important but they do cost a lot more i think ninjas are going to consistently be attacking with both both kadachis um more than an assassin i have this at a c plus i just think that these attack reactions that block for three and plus three and have an upside on top of that are great um but this one is just significantly worse than blood rot pox in my opinion yeah, I think I would value the. So I'm trying to like I'm trying to value these tokens, and I think the inertia is the worst one, which we're about to talk about. But I think frailty, especially against the ninjas and even the assassin, to be honest, because giving that minus one means that they can't hit with that spider's bite effect, which can actually be worth more than one damage. It can be because then if you're blocking with the card, that's another damage that you're saving that's not being taken off your attack minimum. So this can actually almost often, especially against, as I say, assassin ninja, be another one for five. Um, it can really cause some issues. So I have this at a B. I, mm -hmm. I, I just think also these cards block for three, which is I think really important in the set. And it has the added benefit of like, this doesn't get hit by Spider's Bite as well. Like, so if you if Spider's Bite does hit you, this still blocks for three. Whereas a lot of the cards that uh, you're gonna block for three with outside of these reactions and defense reactions are your attack actions and it's just not gonna work. So I think Spike for Frailty can be a one for four, sometimes a one for five, minimum a one three or block for three and push on hit effects. I, I think this is like a solid B for me. Yeah, I think I could I could definitely be talked up to that as well. It, considering the sort of syner uh, synergy between ha um, some of these cards and having attack reactions just in your deck of when we saw a seek attack, like it just increases the sort of the, the stake mm. of this kind of card uh, drastically, I think. So yeah, I, I could be talked up to a B for sure. Yeah, it's super interesting. Uh, next one is Spike with Inertia. It's the same thing uh, as the attack actions that we've just talked about, except this one gives an Inertia token on hit. Um, I think this is the worst of the cycle. I think Inertia is going to be a lot more relevant and constructed. Now, Inertia does have some value when it comes to the ranges, of course, mm -hmm. in the set, but um, and against cards like Death Touch or um, the Virulent Touch card. Is that Virulent Touch? The one that's zero for, for four at red. Um, the Post Malone card is people. Virulent call. something. I'm, yeah, Virulent yeah, yeah. something in there. <laughs> But yeah, I, again, still, it's a block three, it's an attack reaction, which I think is premium, and the inertia is not completely irrelevant, but I do think it's significantly worse. I think this one's in the C plus to B minus range. It's the kind of role player, it's the card that you're not going to first pick, but it's the kind of thing you're looking to get early when you once you're an assassin to uh, to trigger the things that you want, like, uh, like sneak attack. Yeah, I mean, I had this at C plus, and the exact notes I wrote were, um, you know, it it is kind of good against rangers, I guess, but I do think that inertia is like way more important in constructed than it is in limited. In limited, your opponent can simply play without the arsenal, and yeah, if you want a if you want a use case or sort of a an example of that, just look at uprising, where people frequently played without arsenals in order to pressure as much damage as possible, just turn to turn. Play around glacial horns. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, exactly. So, next up, we have infect. This is assassin attack action. Um, we're looking at the red one. Cost zero. Attacks are three. Blocks are three. Has stealth and says when this hits a hero, create a blood rocks, a blood rot pox token under their control. Hayden, it's a bit of a mouthful, isn't it? Blood rot pox token. Yeah. It's a bit. Of I'll a... get it eventually. Maybe after the next. I was 50 struggling. The... <laughs> yeah, I was struggling earlier. Uh, I think this is the best of the zero for threes mm -hmm. uh, with stealth, the reds, you know, the, the cycle, uh, the stealth zero cost cycle, um, because I think it's good at red. I think it's good at yellow. I think it's good at blue. 
Um, I think that the three can be a break point in this set as well. So I think the red is, is still better than the yellow and blue, but I think all the whole cycle is good. And the reason I say three can be a break point is because of Spider's Bite. You hit the Spider's Bite because it's, it's so bad value to block that often. And then all of a sudden, this is coming for three. They're, even their three block uh, attacks now defend for two, causing a break point. And at red, this is threatening zero for five, yellow zero for four, blue zero for three. And again, I mean, blue is just blocking for three. So I, I think all round, it's like a B minus for me and like a, a C plus in the yellow and blue. But I, I, I do think this card is the best. This cycle could even be a B, to be honest. Yeah, I had a B minus on this. I, like my note is just you, you're going to just want to have red zero for threes in your deck. And if you can get the one with the most upside, good for you. I really like this as a supporting blue as well. Not that I wouldn't take the red over the blue, but just the fact that the blue is going to have to eat up a piece of equipment or trade inefficiently up for a card in hand because it is the blue is threatening zero for three. It's It's a very, very good card. Yeah, and equipment's at a premium because of these breakpoints, and we're going to get to more of them once we get into the ranges and the ninjas and stuff as well. And not only that, but like you you say, you know, it's like, what if you just, you play this blue and then you just throw an attack reaction on it all mm -hmm. of a sudden? It's just like... Yeah, blue sneak you know, attack. Getting, it's like <laughs> two for seven. Yeah. Or even, even like, so say you play Infect and then you throw uh, one of the um, spikes that we just talked about on top of it, even the blue. Now you've turned your blue into a zero for three and you've turned your attack reaction into a one for five. Mm. It's great value. It's really good value. Um, next up is Isolate. Again, another zero for three at common assassin attack uh, action. So defense of three as well. And we're looking at the red, of course, when we say zero for three. And it has stealth again. And dominate is the keyword on this one. So unlike, of course, we just looked about infect where it has an on-hit effect. This one is just a, a keyword of dominate. Um, I mean, I, I think this is just like true role player. Yep, uh, true it's going to have some, <laughs> yeah, just like a, tr a hard C. The yellow is a D. I think though, I, I think, think the yellows, this, this is the worst, I think of maybe the yellow cycle. Yeah. I think some players might fall into the trap of overvaluing dominate in something like limited. I do think that, you know, having a singular or, you know, a copy of this card can help you close out a game. If there is some sort of prevalent fatigue or pile strategy in the format, this, the stake of this card would go up, but in general, a zero for three dominate is pretty close to a blank text box most of the time. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's zero for three is something you want in your deck, especially when it does block for three as well. So it's just, solid c for me i mean there is some there are some things with like azuri right where like this has dominance so they can only block with one card and then you swap in a six attack mm. when they're on like one or two life and you, you put it through that way but yeah yeah so next up we have malign assassin attack action looking at the red cost zero attacks for three defense for three has stealth and it says damage that would be dealt by malign can't be prevented so uh, I think this is only really interacting with those couple instants mm. that uh, prevent damage. So I have it as a C minus. Like, I think it also is just kind of a C um, in terms of like the text box is not too relevant. Um, but I do think that this is uh, probably worse than Dominate. Oh, yeah. I, I think this actually is the, the worst one. I think I have also have this as a C minus. I think the yellow is pure garbage fire D. And the blue is fine again because it blocks three. Like, the you're going to just want these... these uh, three defense blue cards and then you you know in some decks you are going to need this card as like pure filler because you need the stealth attacks right mm -hmm. um but be minus except we're proud again another of the cycle of uh our red cards well there's a full cycle of them but assassin attack action we're looking at the red one cost zero attacks of three defense three has stealth and says the next attack action with stealth you play this combat chain gains plus one i think this is where we're getting out of the kind of filler range with this one to mm -hmm. a bit more of the premium in these these zero for threes i think uh the red definitely is a C plus and the, the rest might just be C's like solid players. The reason I say the red is again, because you can cause three to be a break point with spider's bite, which is, is really relevant. 
Um, so yeah, I, I think you know if you can turn this into a zero for four effectively by getting that trigger. Good. Yeah. So I had B minus for this. Um, I do think like it is just it seems like it's going to be a zero for four a lot of the time, um, or at least like if you're playing Arachne Solitary Confinement, a lot of times it's effectively a zero for four. I don't think it's quite as powerful as the Blood Rock Pox, but I do think it's notably like it's significantly above like the Dominate or damage can't be prevented. I do feel like Prowl is a card is like once I'm in, if I think I'm playing Arachne Solitary Confinement, and by the way, it's going to be so interesting that you're drafting your cards and picking your 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 hero post because you have two hero mm-hmm. options now in Assassin. Um, like, this is a card if I'm like, okay, my deck's looking like it's going to be Arachne Solitary Confinement. I want a lot of Prowls, to be honest. Like, I think Prowl's like in a freaking incredible card in, in Arachne Solitary Confinement. And I think it's definitely like a B minus in that, in that hero specifically. Interesting. I, I think you might be right. My kind of, so I've done one kind of like uh, janky kind of tried to play a sealed on like Telashar and I played Arachne Solitary Confinement. And one of the things I did find is that I don't really want to play a second stealth card in a lot of my turns. Like, partly I just didn't have them. But also, partly I wanted to end with like a spring load or a humble or like a bigger attack mm-hmm. as opposed to another stealth card was the only thing I did find. But what I would say is that the reason I have this at like a C plus and not a C is that it does give potential value to some of your like yellows and blues as well. But I, I think a lot of the time, sometimes you're just not even going to be able to trigger this effect even if you hit, which is a little bit awkward. All right, so next up we have Sedate. This is an assassin attack action at red, costs zero, attacks for three, blocks for three, has stealth, and says when this hits a hero, create an inertia token under their control. I have this as a C. Um, I think it's just a true role player. We talked about inertia being uh, worse than Blood Rod Pox. So, you know, the red one, I think that you pick it up when it comes around, you know, if you're filling out your deck. But other than that, it's uh, it's nothing to ride home about. Yeah, I think all the on hits are slightly better than the non on hits but um you know this is one of the worst on hits so i, I agree i think it's like a solid c next up we have wither continuing with the cycle uh, the last of these cycle of attacker assassin attack actions it's uh a zero cost again we're looking at red attacks for three defense for three as stealth and when this hits a hero create a frailty token under the control again i just said that i think the on hits are uh, important the best of these cycle of zero for threes at red and i think this one is you know it's not blood rot pox it's not uh infect but i think it's the next Probably the next best thing, uh, maybe alongside Prowl, like we just talked about. So I, I have this uh, the same, like a, a C plus, definitely for red, and um, you know even the yellow and blue. They have on hit effects. That's relevant. So um, yeah, I think C plus all round. Yep, same for me. All right, next up we have Razor's Edge. This is an assassin attack reaction. We're looking at red at cost zero, blocks for three, and says target attack action with stealth, which is really important. Gains plus three attack. Um, I have this as a B minus. I think it could be a B to be honest. I- I'm not too sure. Like if we look at if we look at some past F that had a lot of attack reactions or just one that comes to mind for me, it's like Welcome to Wraith, where there was a lot of defense reactions to combat that. I think the defense reactions in this set and the ways to prevent attack reactions, because we have the preventative damage stuff as well, are significantly worse in a set like Welcome to Wraith, which actually makes the attack reactions quite a bit better. You're looking at Assassin, like this card turns on other cards. It like sneak attack, it, it pumps it, and you're paying zero for this so you can do this with sneak attack and you can have you know three cards which you could because sneak attack usually does cost one so maybe your one cost is okay but say you did have to pitch a yellow it's just like this card is very flexible i feel and i feel like this is just a card if i'm an assist assassin i probably want <laughs> i would say you know with a caveat as much as i can get because i'm not going to get an infinite amount but i do i would think i would want like quite a few of these yeah also you want to make sure you don't draw a hand of all yeah <laughs> attack reactions <laughs> but yeah I, i'm on the same page i think um the only kind of like 
reason so i think you said you said it b minus which you have yeah. pretty similar to like the um spike with cards the only reason i have the spike with cards quite a reasonable bit higher is i don't i think they have added bonus you know they have like they can get to being value of five four pretty easily and they cost one and i don't think the difference between zero and one cost is actually very relevant in assassin uh because you're playing so many of these zero costs and your weapon costs two so playing off a of blue and i think you want to play a lot of blues doesn't really change your cost structure but on the flip side of that it blocks a three it uh, i think all your all the attack reactions to be honest for the most part are gonna be playable so i think this is like a solid c plus for me maybe a solid c for like the yellow and blue but again a card that blocks three like you know, there's a card that works. yeah so what i really like about zero cost in particular is and especially in a, with, in a set with ninja where on hit effects are going to be pretty prevalent and can be somewhat devastating i think that being able to block with two cards when you need to and then having a like a very relevant um attack on your cycle is pretty good so like two cards you play your zero cost card plus the pump like and maybe it has an audit effect as well like i think that's a really powerful sort of turn cycle for you as assassin definitely i mean if you put an infect and you pump this like you know that's what i'm saying those zero for three attack actions with on hits are super relevant and they these get, I think these razor's edge get better the more of those you have as well. Like so, you can play those two cut hands or even three cut hands, whatever it looks like. All right. Well, on to ninja. We're going to start with the equipment. So we have mask of many faces. This is a head slot for ninja only at common. Uh, has one defense and says instant one resource destroy mask of many faces. Name a card. The next attack action card you play this turn gains that name and it has blade blade break, which means when the combat chain closes, if you defend it with this, destroy it. Hayden, your thoughts. I was hoping you were going to go first. Uh, I'm going to go out on this one, and uh, this is an A- minus for me. I wish I I I could screenshot my rating for you so you could believe me when I actually rated this as an A. I believe you. I believe you. I I think this card is really good, and I don't think it's a particular surprise, to be honest. The, this is going to help you fix some crazy strong combo line turns. You know, if you ever play Katsu and Mokun's Wraith and in, in Draft uh, or Sealed, and you sometimes you're like, man, like this hand is almost like 15, 20 damage, but it's missing X. It's like Mask of Many Faces is going to fix that for you. The problem a lot of the time, is, I mean, in Sealed, I think this is going to be an all-star because a lot of the time in Sealed, the problem you have is that you like, you open some combo pieces, but not the right starter or something. This is on friggin' demand. Like this is just there. Yes, it costs a resource, but it's going to turn your turn into what you need it to be and mean that you can have some of these combo uh, cards without necessarily the starters. And and that is that is huge, I think. Um, so I think Mask Mini Face is like a solid A minus. And bla- like Blade Break equipment is just good, although there is a lot of competition at the head slot. I, th- I think this is the best one, to be honest. Yeah, I do think it's like, it's quite a bit better than the, what it competes with at the head slot. So head slot is the most competitive, I think, by far in terms of equipment yes. slots, but masking many faces for Ninja just seems like it kind of blows the others out of the water. Yeah, when we say competitive, we mean there's, there's a lot of uh, head slot options. Uh, next up, we have Bonds of Ancestry. So talking about a card that you can really pop off with if uh, <laughs> if you have masking many faces. This is a, uh, a rare Ninja attack action. Uh, cost two. And at red attacks for four, there is a cycle of these in defense for three. And uh, as combo says, if a card with Gust Wave in its name was the last attack this combat chain, this costs two less to play and has go again. And when this attacks, you may banish a card with combo from your graveyard. If you do, search your deck for a card with the same name, banish it, then shuffle. You may play it this combat chain. I've just read a novel, Brendan, so thoughts? 
Yeah, so I had this at like a B, B minus. Like I think that this card is really, really good and constructed because you have access to Whelming Gust Wave. But here we only have access to the single Gust Wave, if I'm correct, um, which I think makes it still very, very good, but harder to pull off. The fact that you have to have your graveyard also filled up with the relevant attack to search for. Um, it is a hoop to jump through. I do think that the, the, like the games where you get this off are, going to be games I think that you win more than you lose. So I do have it as B-. minus. If you can turn this into a 0 for 8, which is effectively what you can do. You know, it costs 0 if you've hit, if you've got the combo active with Gust Wave, it means 2 less. And then if you're able to banish like a uh, a blue, um, uh, the league, the, the new league tap, and then go and get like the red the red league tap. I mean, I guess that costs 1 resource. So you can turn it into a 1 for 8. Spinning that, that's real like, quick, right? Yeah, yeah, th that's that's crazy, right? Like that is even if you go and get like a red recoil or something, so it's a zero for seven. Like that is really, really good. Now the problem is, is that if this is a two for four or two for three or a two for two, that's bad. <laughs> like that is like D territory at that point, right? So yeah. I think I think I'm gonna give this card a build around, but I think it's pretty. I think it's gonna be reasonably. I don't want to say simple, but I think you're going to be able to build around this quite a consistent amount of time. And one of the cards that's going to be really key to that is Masking Many Faces. Like if you if you just play your zero cost like head jab or whatever, you pop your Masking Many Faces and turn it into a Descendant Gust Wave. Uh, you know, give it the Descendant Gust Wave name, and all of a sudden you play Bonds of Ancestry. Like you're you're ready to party, right? So I think um, I, I think Bonds of Ancestry, is, and there's also Like Water, which we'll talk about very soon, which can have a similar effect. So I think I'm going to give this like a soft build around like b plus but mm, yeah i could see it being a build around like a minus to be honest when you say it like that because a zero for eight like if we take and if we learn anything from past limited sets like if you ever go that far above um curve like a zero for eight i know you do lose yeah. a piece of equipment that like the the, the game of like a, a game of limited should just be instantly over like the they exist on very fine margins so i think if you ever get a zero for eight out of this it's just like the game's done yeah, well, like, you have this sitting in Arsenal. You can maybe, like, sit it for a couple of turns because of the way Katsu plays in this format. You you find your Surging Strike, and then your opponent's like, okay, let it hit. Immediately, Katsu, go and find my Descendant Gust Wave, and, like, my turn is bonkers. I, I, I do, I like I said, I gave, I gave this a build around, and I think it's an A build around, actually, the more we talk about it. But even just, like, picking this card up early, it's probably, like, if you wanted to aggregate it out, it's somewhere around, like, a... Actually, no, I'm just going to say it's a build around A, and mm -hmm. but it's easy to build around. Yeah, my question is, do you think that this will be a two for four more than sneak attack will be a two for four? Like, which one do you think is going to be the played as a two for four more? Well, so sneak attack is a two for three and also blocks two. Mm. So I think the comparative downside is bigger. But yeah, I think you're going to get a sneak attack off more than you need at Bonds of Ancestry off for sure, for sure, definitely. All right, so an easier one to read for me. We have recoils as a ninja attack action at rare. Uh, we're looking at the red. It costs zero. It attacks for three and blocks for three. It says combo. If head jab was the last attack on this combat chain, this has when this hits a hero, they put a card from their hand on top of their deck. I have this as a C plus. I think this is a fine card. You know, and honestly, a little bit above fine. I really do like what the blue can do with this card. It's a blue that blocks with three and has like a very relevant on hit ability. Um, that being said, now that we just looked at Bonds of Ancestry, like having a red recoil and a couple blue recoils is like, that's a really good sort of finisher for Bonds of Ancestry, right? Because the blue is like super reasonable to have in your deck. So you can block with it and then you go fetch the red recoil. And now you have that zero for seven um, with a super relevant on hit effect. Like, yeah, C plus. For you don't me. get the on hit though, unfortunately. Oh, you don't get the on it no because you won't get head jab, jab you're right so just zero yeah, three yeah. so not as good but yeah i did have this as a c plus 
Yeah, I, I think this is a Benji card to me, to be mm. honest. I mean, you're, you're going to play it in Kalsu sometimes if you have the, a lot of head jabs. And like, this is a good finisher, especially if you just have like the attack reaction to push it over. That, that there's only one attack reaction for, for Ninja um, at, at common or rare. But like that text is pretty huge. You, this can represent a zero for roughly six, which is pretty huge um, if we're assigning sort of three value of uh, damage to that, that random card or that, that card that the opponent chooses that we see as random. Uh, but I think the yellow and blue can be really scary in Benji uh, and could be like, you know, a, a B minus even. But I'm going to give us like a C, C plus, I think. Yeah, you're right. Like in Benji, this card seems extremely annoying to play against. <laughs> yeah, yellow and blue. Yeah, yeah, imagine like a blue comes in, even with Benji's ability or yellow without the, the plus one. And it's like, okay, cool. Can't block it. Like, I'm just taking two and losing a card like that's that's so, a big swing so zero for five on the benji side right yeah. because they get the damage in and you lose the card it's like kind of busted <laughs> next up we have spinning wheel kick this is a card that i'm very excited about and we just talked about before so it's a ninja attack action at rare it costs one and attacks for four and defense for two at red uh attacks for four there is a cycle of course combo if twin twisters or spinning wheel kick was the last attack this combat chain this has plus one attack, and when this hits, put it on the bottom of its owner's deck. Go again. Uh, first question, how relevant is that last line of text, put on the bottom of its it's owner's extremely deck? extremely relevant and limited, especially if you're playing pre-release and you're playing sealed. Um, you're going to have people that just put all their cards together and try to fatigue you, and it's like s such a good ability. I mean, if, if, you're, if this ability doesn't look extremely powerful to you, we can draw attention to a somewhat similar but not as powerful ability or sorry but more powerful ability that was on droid of brutality which is like the most broken limited card ever printed but the other thing as well the, the i think the reason this is so ridiculous is that it puts it back into your deck to katsu again like you just put it you just keep putting like katsu threats back into your deck and this triggers off twin twisters and it triggers off itself like if you played another one yeah so I have this at a B minus, um, which might be a little bit of a low rating for the recursion, but one for four go again is going to get, I think, I think one for four go again might get you up past the C range by itself. So maybe like a B is more in line with where this card should be rated. Yeah. I mean, it is a rare. So having a lot of these is tough. Obviously it does trigger off twin twisters, which does a leg tap impression as well. Um, does defend for two, does cost one. So I think a B minus is like maybe a B is, is where it could sit if you've got, I think the more Twin Twisters and these cards you have, I think it gets towards B. Um, but I think you're probably right at a B minus. And even even like the, the yellow is like relevant. I think the blue is kind of whatever because obviously it's not a zero cost for your Kadachis. But um, even a yellow, because if you can trigger and turn into a four, there's another break point. And break points are really relevant because of Benji's ability. Like I think Benji is secretly going to be, you know, I think the thought was like, are you going to play cards every time? But actually all the time I think you might play Benji. <laughs> All right, so next up we have back heel kick. This is a ninja attack action. Red, uh, cause zero, attacks for three, defends for three, and says combo. If twin twisters was the last attack on this combat chain, this has, if back heel kick would gain attack, it instead gains that much, plus one. So this makes sense, and you'll see later with twin twisters, it can buff the next attack. So it makes a lot of sense as being the follow-up. Nevertheless, I think that this is like kind of a straight up C. I think it's a bit more narrow where it has to be just twin testers and the payoff is not i mean the payoff is good but you're going from i guess you're going from zero for three to zero for five which is really good i just wonder if twin twisters by itself is too narrow um i had c what did you have hayden i think the binge trick is more relevant to be honest mm -hmm. so i think actually even if you have twin twist like Makes you have sense, twin yeah. twisters you give it plus one to twin twisters to try and leak the damage to get the, the buff on your next attack um to make this a zero for five that way as opposed to the other way i think I think sometimes it might be the other way around. I, I could be wrong on that, but um, 
I mean, this defense for three, which is kind of also, I know I'm harping on about defending for three in this set, but I, I do think it is relevant because especially for Ninja, like there's not a lot of ways to, to do it. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like if you just have this by itself and you can't turn on combo, like it's, it's, it's a pretty bad chain ender. Um, I think this is like a C to a C plus uh, in Benji potentially at red. I think the yellow is pretty trash, and the the blue's good. It's a it's a zero um, cost that's blue in defensive three. Next up is be like water. This is a card I uh, alluded to earlier. It's a ninja action attack at common cost zero, uh, defense for two, and at red attacks for three. Cycle of these. When this hits, you may pay one resource. If you do, choose head jab, surging strike, or twin twisters. This gains the chosen name. What are you thinking? <laughs> uh, classic. The one I wanted you to go first with. Um, I think this is a B minus. It might be higher though. That that's what scares me. Is like, like the thing is, is like zero for three itself, very very good. Blocks for two, not as good. Um, you do have to pay for that on hit, so it is an entire other uh, entire additional resource, which means it's an entire additional card, which is a lot. Um. But if if uprising plus anything, it's a zero for three with go again are just kind of vanilla good. Um, I have this at a B minus, but I could definitely be talked up. I'm not going to talk you up, to be honest. <laughs> and I, this is a really hard card to evaluate, to be honest, because I think you're right. You know, it's like first of all, this is a hit jab, so I think it's hard to go below like a C ever, right? So at minimum base is a hit jab, which is which is good. Mm. Um, obviously, it doesn't combo with hit jab without paying for a one and hitting. But then the next kind of step on this is like it's really flexible and versatile and i think your opponent knowing how to or if to block this is is quite difficult at times um if they're really trying to keep their cards in their hand i think you out uh, my kind of first take on this limited format is that defending is kind of relevant because using your cards in your hand is really difficult especially if you're a ranger like i think a lot of the time you're going to want to play off like two and three cards three you know three and four cards so defending with the cards can be relevant and defending this out with your like excess arrow or yellow arrow or blue arrow or whatever is probably going to be pretty reasonable and then this becomes you know worse than a head jab so it's it's really hard to evaluate this card i think i i have it at like a c plus bordering b minus but honestly that depends on how the format plays out and i could see this card going to like a b plus yeah, and being like see. a really highly sought after card to like set up your combo lines like it could go either way honestly i could see the same thing all right, it's not mask though, which yeah. is key. It's not the mask. <laughs> All right, so next up we have Deadly Duo. This is a ninja attack action at common. We're looking at the red one. Cost one, attacks for three, defense for two, and it says when this hits, the next attack action card with two or less base, you play this combat chain, gains plus two attack, and it has go again. Hayden, what do you think about this card? Binge card. This is a binge card. I think if uh, at red, if you can threaten a one for four to force the break point, you're threatening a one for six, which is really huge. Uh, if you have the yellow or, or even blue, you know, you're threatening a plus two. So at yellow, you're threatening a one for four with go again. So it's effectively a leg tap for, for Benji potentially. Um, I, I think this, yeah, Deadly Duo, <laughs> I mean, look at the picture. It's got Benji in it. It really mm -hmm. just tells you. Alice is do it all for you. But I think this is a, a Benji card and not particularly a Katsu card. And I, I think it's probably just a solid, like, C, C minus. And I think it's a D in Katsu. Like, I don't think you want to be playing this card. I had a C as well. Easy, done. <laughs> Descendant Gust Wave. Here's our Gust Wave of the set. It's a, another ninja attack action at common, defense for two, at red attacks for three and cost one. It has combo. If Surging Strike was the last attack this combat chain, this costs one less to play and has plus two. So you're threatening a, a zero for five, right? If this comes off the back of a Surging Strike, that's huge. That's Rising Knee Thrust territory, right? Uh, but unlike Rising, rising Knee Thrust, it doesn't defend for three and it uh, doesn't cost zero naturally. Um, so... 
I think this is, is powerful, obviously, with, like, mask and stuff. And we just talked about, like, um, yeah, like water. Like water. Yeah, yeah, which is a good way to, to turn this on as well. I think this is going to be ending up, like, on average, a C. Sometimes it's going to look like a B plus and sometimes it's going to look like a friggin' D. Like, honestly, it's going to, I think it's going to vary a lot. Mm, I had it as a C plus. I think with like all of the modifiers to, um, you know, whether it's the mask or be like water, um, you're going to be able to trigger this, you know, more than if you were jumping through all the hoops you traditionally do when playing a deck like Katsu um, in something like Welcome to Wraith. Nevertheless, I think the floor of this card is kind of absolutely trash. So <laughs> that's, uh, that's one thing. I mean, we talk about the floor being trash, but like one for three in limited is serviceable because it has go again. If it didn't have go again, I yeah. mean, it'd be unplayable. All right. Here's a tip just for uh, pre-release. Just block like water. Just always block like water. I think it just reduces any ceiling of your opponents. Even if you lose one value on the block, I think on average, you're going to make up like two on value. Mm. So, block. All right. Next up, we have head jab. Um, this is an old one from... Welcome to Wraith. It's a ninja attack action, common. Um, it's red, costs zero, attacks with three, blocks with two, and it simply just says, go again. Um, yeah, Hayden, I know we've been rating a lot of other head gem personators around that B minus C plus range, but I have it as a C plus. I think it's more appropriately a C in the context. I mean, these are just like, these are good role players. I think, uh, I mean, Uprising taught us we've had, we had head jab impersonators and Uprising and they were broken. Um, it also was synergistic with hero ability and some other things like Lava Burst. But nevertheless, zero for three go again is definitely where you, it's a good place to build your foundation. So I have it as a, as a C plus, but I can see it as a C. I think we have most of these head jab sort of effects at, at a C, like, like you say. Um, interesting fact is this was, if not the first card, one of the first cards we saw. Uh, for flesh and blood ever this was in the iron yeah, uh, yeah one one of the first cards we saw so a little little tidbit there um so i think in limited like if you could have your whole hand be red head jabs right your hand would represent 12 damage on offense which is reasonable obviously it means that your defensive value is a lot worse i think in most draft formats like that is not good enough i think you you want somewhere around like 13 to 14 if you if you can um, I think this format is a little bit less powerful in some regards and a little bit slower. So I think head jab has like a little bit more value because playing your cards out is good and and threatening sort of on hits because of how many two blocks there are. But I, I again, I still think this is just like a solid C. Um, and and yeah, that's it. <laughs> Next up, we have one two punch. This is another ninja attack action at common cost zero, defense for three, and at red attacks for three has combo. If head jab was the last attack, this combo chain and. This has, when this hits a hero, deal two damage to them. So potentially if you've played head jab, you're threatening a zero for five. But of course, one one sort of block turns this into just a zero for three. And this does not have go again, obviously offset by three defense. Yeah, I'm assuming this is a Benji card, um, but I had it as a C minus. And I was thinking about it more in Katsu, but maybe in Benji it's a C. Uh, Hayden, what do you think? I think it's a C minus. I, I think the yellow and blue like have roles in Benji. And that, that's going to be cool. Like there's this whole thing where... You kind of, I think there might be this archetype where you kind of draft really high value combo cards and just good cards early. And then you pick up all these kind of like stragglers of like yellows and blues to make this like strong Benji deck and, and just kind of like take advantage of the natural cycle of the draft, which is quite cool. But I don't think this changes this from being like a C minus. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny strategy because I find that like a lot of players in Flesh and Blood tend to prioritize like all their power cards in pack one and two and actually start mm -hmm. picking up blues in pack three anyway. So I think you like follow that cycle um maybe if you reversed it and you started taking i don't know but the reds still go to the yellows yeah. right yeah exactly the reds go pack three anyway as well i think one thing i do just want to caution while we talk about cards like one two punch and benji is like 
don't focus too much on that ability. The most important ability of Benji is the plus one attack. Because if you can make up like, or I mean, first of all, if you make up three damage on that effect, you've already you've already backed to value. And then all of a sudden you get to four and five, you're ahead of value, you're doing a bad IRA impression. And then of course you also have the ability to have this like evasion for late game and just on some random turns. All right, so next up we have Surging Strike. This is a ninja attack action at red. It costs two, attacks for five, blocks for two, and says go again. It's another combo starter. Um, I have it as B minus, but I mean, maybe Surging Strike is just straight up B. I feel like straight, uh, Surging Strike was closer to a B and like Welcome to Wraith potentially because you felt you felt, you've had a follow up of Whelming Gusway, which drew you a card. Um, that being said, a B minus is probably more appropriate. And yeah, well, I'll, I'll be surprised. You had C? Are you C? A C plus for this or C? I'm at like C plus. I, I think the combo starters are slightly worse in the set because of Mask and some of the cost structure of the cards. So like at worst, right, at red, two card hand is this is a two for six. Um and with a three card hand you're you're threatening, you know, uh with the gust wave, you're threatening like a three card hand for nine damage. That that's pretty good. You know, that's that's on rate, it's where you want to be. But I honestly think like because of how cracked bonds of ancestry potentially is, people are gonna rate this a lot higher than they probably should. And I think I'm okay with just like letting this card go to people often. Mm-hmm. Um so I have this, yeah, I have this like a C plus and I don't think I can really be talked up to higher, to be honest. But, you know, if you do have a lot of bonds or you open to bonds and you decided to take them and you're trying to force the archetype, yeah, I mean, this becomes a lot more important. Next up is Twin Twisters, uh, another reprint that we see here. Uh, when was this printed? Was this in Crucible of War? I think it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's Everfest. one of those ninja cards that was never played. So. Everfest, Everfest. Uh, so this is a ninja attack action uh, at common. It costs one, defense for two, and it red attacks for three. It is a cycle, and it says choose one. Twin Twisters has when this hits your next attack, this combat chain gains plus one. Or Twin Twisters has plus one attack, go again. So we talked about this a little bit before with uh, alluding to the setup on the, what's the next card in the cycle called that we, we talked about? Uh, it's called uh, Deadly Duo. Is that right? Could be. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it, uh, I can't remember what the card was called. We talked about it earlier. Sorry. Uh, but I think Twin Twisters is at worst a leg tap, and leg tap's good. So at red, I think this is a C plus, and it's a C at yellow and a B at blue, because you don't want cost blues. Exact same grade I had was C plus. Easy. All right. Um, <clears throat> before we head into Ranger, I just want to... I don't have an image for it, but I want to talk about the Ranger weapon, because it is new. It's Barbed Castaway, and it says... Once per turn instant, one resource, you may put an arrow card from your hand face up into your arsenal. And also has once per turn instant, you may turn a face you may turn a face up arrow in your arsenal. Sorry, a face down arrow in your arsenal face up if you do put an aim counter on it. Um just really important to keep in mind as we look at some of these ranger cards. It's really important to keep in mind. Also back heel kick is the name of that ninja card. Mm. There it is. All right. So first one we have here is Crow's Nest. This is a Ranger Equipment Quiver. It's a token. Um, it's Azalea Specialization. It says, whenever an arrow is put face up into your arsenal from your deck, you may pay one resource if you do put an aim counter on it. Hey, and this is a token, so it's kind of a free roll, but what do you think? Uh, I think this is really important to Azalea. I think, you know, aim counters are clearly important and the ability to you know, pay this resource. And like, you're going to be activating this a lot with Azalea is my feeling. Yeah, so the thing about these cards like this, and as well as I'll just show the next one, just Driftwood Quiver, Riptide Specialization, Instant Driftwood Quiver, put a card from your arsenal on the bottom of your deck. They're just complete free rolls, like you're just going to play them in these in these heroes. It's just important to highlight as they are very new to Flesh and Blood, This the Quiver is the first time this is being introduced, introduced is in Outsiders. So I think that these are 
you know, for what it's worth, they're they're A's. They don't compete with anything. You would always play them. Well, they might. So I I just want to oh, like caveat majestics and the legendaries. Yeah. I think you're basically always going to play Crow's Nest, even if you open any of the other quivers, because I think you need yeah, the ability to get the aim counter on your arrows. Whereas uh, Riptide does that a lot better with um, with the bow, so with the Barb Castaway. Whereas Driftwood on the other hand, I think that does compete with if you open any of the other quivers, because I honestly think like this is just a get out of jail free card once per game. Uh, if you Arsenal kind of the wrong card, and I, I I think that's it. Whereas yeah, as I can say, Crow's Nest, I think you, you basically have to play that card. Yeah, I had Crow's Nest rated significantly higher than Driftwood Quiver. <laughs> yeah. Not like not that they compete, <laughs> but if they did, uh, cool. Let's get into the cards. First up for Ranger is Wayfinder's Crest. This is a Ranger equipment head. Uh, defense for one has Blade Break and says when you defend with Wayfinder's Crest, look at the top card of Target Hero's deck. So I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, right, Brendan, is Azalea and having a little peek before you next turn when you might want to uh, Azalea ability to dominate an arrow. Uh, I mean, just just getting information isn't terrible on like what your opponent's going to have in next turn in their hand, so it, it's not terrible. But this is Iron Rot Helm with a little bit of upside. Where do you see this though? I'll, I'll throw my grade out first. I think it's hard to put equipment below the B range yeah. uh, that defends that has Blade Break. So I'm going to give this like a solid B. I think. I think I brought my grades up all like half a grade on equipment to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's like we always run into this sort of issue when rating equipment because they compete with so little. But I do think that. For me, I had this at like a C plus. Uh, I know that the rating potentially goes up because in context what it competes with, but the effect in of itself, like it's just iron rod. And I think that that ability is only really relevant in Azalea. Mind you, I think it's good in Azalea, um, but still, I don't think this is like something that you're crazy excited to have um, rather than another headpiece. Iron, Iron Rot is relevant in this format, though, because of the breakpoints that I've been talking about through this kind of set review. You know, we've, we've seen a few of them already with, like, the on-hit effects, especially if Spider's Bite's involved, but also, like, the four breakpoints for things like Benji and stuff. So often you can turn this into a defend for two. I, I honestly just think that, like, if we're comparing this to other cards in the kind of, like, C-plus range, I, I think this is better than most of those mm, cards no, as, as a comparative standpoint. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think this, that's why I'm, like, all these Blade Break equipment I have around a B sort of range. Um, and there's, there's some others that have some relevant text as well. All right, so next up we have Boulder Trap. This is a Ranger Defense Reaction Trap at rare. It's a yellow, it costs zero, it blocks for three, and it says when this defends an attack with attack greater than its base, put a minus one counter on equipment the attacking hero controls. Hayden? Yeah, uh, important to note, no cycles for these traps, so this is only at yellow. Um, I mean, it's an on-rate yellow. D-Racks are good in the set because of the fact, again, you know, things like Spider's Bite, the fact of, like, reactions, um, Riptide, because you can turn into a 0 for 4 with Riptide uh, if you can trigger this effect, and then you can turn to a 0 for 5 if you put in a, a, you know, a minus 1 counter to deny a Blade Break. All that said, those are all conditional things. I think it's like a C plus probably. Okay, interesting. So I had a C plus as well, but tell me if you agree with this. I wrote this as a caveat. All traps get a letter grade higher in Riptide so the, the problem is is like they have to be triggering i think this one is pretty easy to trigger because it's attack greater than its base attack so yeah maybe maybe it's like half a grade to a grade higher in, in riptide because of like you say that damage it's worth um and yeah this one is one of the easy ones to trigger yeah, you know we talk about sneak attack one, twin twisters yeah. all those combo cards like th this one is is easier to trigger might be right yeah uh, next up, we have Pendulum Trap. So another of these uh, yellow cycle of traps, Ranger Defense Reaction Traps. Defense for three, cost zero. 
and says when this defends and the attacking hero has played or activated a reaction this chain link put the top two cards of the deck into their graveyard you want to hear my and rating <laughs> oh, this it. is a d um yeah like it's hard to like i guess in in riptide like if you're yeah you're getting the zero part of this that's good but other than that like the ability kind of sucks and like azuri is the only one i think where this is like I don't know. A zero for four? Yeah, a zero for four. Other than that, like, I think this card is actually, like, pretty bad. But I could be wrong. I mean, defense reactions can be sort of a finicky thing in terms of, like, how they actually impact format. Yeah, mono, mono pendulum trap, uh, riptide fatigue. Yeah, fatigue. <laughs> With no weapon. Good luck. I, I agree. I think this is a D, maybe a C in riptide at best. Uh, next up is tarpet trap. This is a, another ranger defense reaction trap. Cost zero at yellow and defends for three. Rear again and says, uh, when this defends an attack action with go again, the next time an attack action card hits this turn, effects do not trigger. Now, Brendan, I think this one is, again, if not easier than the uh, plus attack one to, to trigger, um, you know, around the same. But is the text is relevant? Yeah, that's the question. So I think this is best against Ninja, actually. Um, like, it's actually, like, really good against Ninja, I think. So I have it as, like, a C-minus in general, but I think that if I had this on my sideboard, I'd be taking it up against every Katsu I played, probably Benji. Yeah, I might give it, like, a sideboard grade, honestly, like, B-minus. Like, this card can really overperform, I think. Like, especially in, in Riptide, this could just be a straight-up B against all the Ninjas. Yeah. Um, I think I've landed on, like, a C-plus as a, as a blanket Ranger grade, but yeah. So one thing to keep in mind is I'm pretty sure with the mask, you have to activate that like before you play the card. So it like kind of telegraphs like the future combo line. So if you have this, it really upsets and they have to invest into that turn and this just like immediately shuts it down. So yeah, something to keep in mind. I think that against something like Katsu or against just combo cards in general, this card is actually pretty good. Yes, good point. You mask many faces you do have to trigger before because this is the next card you play. So definitely worth noting. All right, next up we have Flesh a Red Tail. Really interesting cycle, by the way. First time we ever had these like multicolored cycles that say different uh, like literal text. But it's a ranger, non-attack action at rare, <clears throat> or it's red, cost one, defense for two. It says your next arrow attack this turn gains plus four attack. If it has an aim counter on it, it gains red cards, have minus one defense while defending this. Go again. So I think this card is good, to be honest. I think it's pretty good in Azalea. <laughs> I don't know if like the aim counter, counter shenanigans is like, it's it's cute. It might work, um, but I would just play this card as like a one for four with Go Again and a lot of my Azalea decks. Because if you ever played um, Arcane Rising Limited, which Azalea was a part of, these non-attack action pumps are actually so important to you winning the game. Uh, I also think it's super important to Riptide. Like you play this from hand, you trigger Riptide's ability, you put your arrow in Arsenal, you then use your so that's one resource. You use your next resource to barbed castaways, flip it up at an aim counter, and then you pay one to play the arrow. And you're playing a, a two card hand, a, a three card hand for like effective, like on face value, it's probably going to be ten. But the effective with the Fletcher Redtail effect could be like eleven or twelve because of what you're giving minus. I, I do actually think that text is somewhat relevant, although I agree it's not. You know, it's not crazy relevant. The most important thing is this is a one for four. Um, but I think this is actually, if not. I, I don't know. It's equally as important, I think, for both ranges, but the card is really good. Like, I just have this as, like, a solid B. I think solid, this is this yeah. card is good. Definitely. I have B minus, but I do think it's a solid B. Like, the more I look back at, like, old ranger formats, like, even Tales of Aria, like, Overload was, or was it Overload? Whatever one, yep. you know, the pump that, it was busted. Like, that card was so freaking good in the Go Tall Ice Azalea. So I do think it's a solid B, um, for sure. Um, so next up we have Fletcher Yellowtail, which is the exact same, except that uh, the text says 
the uh, if um, yellow, yellow cards, cards have yeah. minus one while defending, and it gives plus three instead of plus four, and of course is a yellow line. Um, I think the interesting thing about these cycle that I didn't talk about just before is I think this like this one cost is effectively free. Like I don't think you have to care about this one cost because of the line I just talked about with Riptide, but also Azalea is like pretty similar. I think um, with Barb Castaway to pay for it, then the arrow attack itself and then this card also i think zero cost arrows are really powerful because of the ability of like encounters and stuff as well um i think this is like a b minus i think this is like a slight sit down but again these, i want these cards in my deck it's so funny i put I put a d for this but like i heavily regret it <laughs> i'm just gonna be honest no, like i could lie <laughs> i could lie put a d um yeah i just figured you know like the, the red was just strictly better like your opponent um i guess like the yellow cards like do you want to block with the most which i didn't really consider like because if your opponent has red yellow and blue cards they probably want to block with the yellow cards the most because the blues are better at pitching and they have reds are better attacking so it's definitely yeah it's better than the blue one i think um but yeah i did put a d so yeah my fault Mate. I might be overrating this as B minus. It might actually be a full grade down. It might be like a C um, as opposed to like B for red, C for yellow or C plus. But I do think like you want pumps in both ranges. And like I say, I think the one resource, particularly in Riptide, doesn't doesn't mean anything. Um, it's a bit more relevant in Azalea. But yeah, uh, yeah, you, you, we might be somewhere in between. I definitely don't think it's a D though. Yeah. So next up we have Fletcher the Blue Tail. So same thing, but minus one attack or minus one defense to blue cards that are defending. Uh, I just want to put this one at like the C C minus range then. Yeah, I initially had this as a C plus, but I think I'm I'm coming down like a grade on yellow and, and blue, so I'd have this at like a C. I mean, it's a really relevant blue that like the 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 thing I want you I think you want to be able to do with your blues in the set is either block for three or be able to be played out when you have to keep your whole hand. Like if you you know your opponent doesn't attack or they take a turn off or you don't want to get stuck with cards that you can't use. Like giving yourself an effective IP penalty is terrible, right? Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about this before, Brendan. And I think either defend defense of three or does something where you can just play it and get a slight buff and this does it. So it's probably just a solid role playing blue at like a C. Mm -hmm. All right, next up we have Lace with Blood Rot. So keeping on this uh, Ranger non-attack action theme, this is a zero cost at rare. This only comes in red, so there's no cycles to this card. Uh, defense for two. And says your next arrow attack this turn gains plus three attack and when this hits a hero create a blood rot pox token under their control nailed the blood rot pox uh, uh thing there i don't know Bryn, what do you think so i had b plus but i think in azalea this is an a minus to an a like i think in azalea i just really really want these because azalea is dominating arrows right so they're going to be hitting so it's like consistently zero for five um which makes it super good yeah i mean we talked about spike with Frailty, Spike with Blood Rot, all these things, and, and the kind of value of like a potential 1 for 5. This represents a potential 0 for 5. In Zalia, I think you're right. I, I think I've got this B plus and an, an A to an A minus in, in Azalea. I agree. Th this card is like, this is the sort of card I want to first pick, I think. <clears throat> Next, we have Lace with Frailty. This is a Ranger and Attack action at rare. We're looking at the red one, cost 0, defense for 2. It says your next arrow attack this turn gains plus 3, and when this is a hero, create a Frailty token under their control. Go again. Um, so for this one, I have B minus, but I would rate it higher against something like Katsu and Benji because it is so effective against the Kadachis. But again, this is going to be, <laughs> this is kind of on brand with us is like, it's the same effect as the Blood Art one, but it's a frailty token, so it's just worse. Yep. Uh, important to note, no cycle again for these, like all the lace with cards don't, don't have cycles. Um, all these token makers. I have this like a, a, a B minus. I think um, this can represent... Uh, zero for four, zero for five in some matchups, and and that's really good. I, I do want to go back to the fact that I think against ninja and assassin, this is threatening almost always zero for five because either two Kadachi hits 
or um, the spider's bite not having an attack, which means that then when it comes in, you don't get the on-hit effect of getting minus to your attacks, or even if they play a card from Arsenal, which you know they're potentially going to want to. So I, I do think these cards just they're gonna the ceiling on them is really high. Like you could be threatening like zero for six on on these, and, and that that's just starting to get crazy. So I mean, I could also I could also see all of these cycles of um, lace with and um, spike with and all that going up like a, a full grade to half a grade. Yeah, my biggest caveat is I could see us being slightly wrong about frailty's relation and power level to blood rot, and they could actually be almost identical. Potentially, that's that's kind of what like I'm I'm angling towards is that I think frailty is actually often close in value, but it's just the it's easier for your opponent to potentially play around and stuff, right? It's like oh, I could attack with a mm-hmm. Kadachi, or I could just like save that resource for this other attack that I was thinking about arsling instead or something. Yeah, and then, you know, I block with this card instead. Like there's there's ways to play around it. And ain't nobody playing for blood rot in limited, and if they do, it's effectively three red because it takes the almost the entire card, I guess, for the card. Yeah, yeah, their hands sucked, um, and they haven't blocked with that card, so. Uh, next up we have Lace with Inertia this is the third in this Lace with Cycle um, obviously it's all the same thing so I'm not going to read it it gives plus three and if it hits it creates an Inertia token uh, I think this is the worst but again buffs are really important and these are the kind of like above average kind of role players you want so I think this is like a C plus yeah I had as a C and I'll probably do B minus in Azalea again in Azalea I just want a lot of these effects alright next up we have Falcon Wing this is a Ranger um, attack action it's an arrow it's a common we're looking at the red cost zero attacks for three defense for three it says if Falcon Wing has an aim counter on it it has plus one go again yep so for me this is a this is a B <laughs> a Ranger card that's a zero for three go again I think that's really really good especially when it blocks for three um, the, the, uh, the fact that it can get the plus one as a potential upside if you have additional resources great um, I think this is like absolutely the kind of card i want to be filling some of my uh my ranger decks with yeah, so you have this at b yeah said? at a b i think the going is relevant but i, I have this at a c mm-hmm. and i can maybe go up to like a c plus but i i at red but i think this is like just a role player like i i think i'm more interested in the pumps to be honest because like playing that non-attack action to trigger like riptide's ability so you can then get the arrow into arsenal or playing the non-attack action to go tall for like dominate or on hit effects in azalea like because there is some we're going to talk about some arrows that have really relevant on hit effects i think is a lot more enticing to me um playing like your full five cut hands because it's important to remember like if you use your barb castaway to load an arrow what other way do you have to get another arrow into into your arsenal afterwards it's a once per turn instance so it needs to be like riptide's ability or it needs to be there's like there's no reload in the set so it, it can be a bit bit more difficult i think mm. um so i think the arrows are a bit more of a premium but i think the red is like a really important role player i mean you know you i think in riptide this is better than in azalea though yeah yeah you could be right i could be not correctly sort of accounting for how hard it is to play the second arrow after you play with go again Playing like a really just a really good attack after this, yeah, like exactly. any of the generic attacks, is, is still solid, right? So, yeah, there's some good generic attacks too. Um, last thing I did, sorry, just quickly want to say is that if you don't have the aim count, it's a zero for three, and you do have to basically always pay one resource for that. So, it's a one for four in a lot of ways with going in, not a, not a zero for four. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Infecting Shot. This is a ranger attack action arrow attack, uh, defense for three. And costs one and it read it attacks a five it is a cycle it says if infecting shot has an aim counter on it has plus one attack and when this hits a hero create a blood rot pox token under their control is this just maybe the best arrow uh, i think so um well is the other one an arrow let me i gotta go see it's a hybrid card the one we freaked out about oh death touch death touch yeah is that an arrow on there okay no but it has to be played from arsenal it's like a pseudo arrow but uh yeah i think this is the best arrow in that case um yeah i have this as a b plus 
Yeah, I, I have. I think I'm probably with you. I think I had a B, a B down, but I think I'm probably like a, a B to B plus for red and then like a B minus C plus for, for yellow. Um, and blue is also serviceable because you can turn it into a breakpoint with the aim counter, which is really relevant. I, I think one thing I really want people to understand is like the cost structure of what this is going to look like for your ranges. So like if you play this and <laughs> give me a weird look there. Oh, no, I'm just this thinking that this is a freaking two for eight that blocks for three. Like a six, seven, eight, yeah, with the blood wrap off. Yeah, so I mean, you you can even uh, you can even I mean, because of resource base, right? So one to load, one to quiver to get the the, the aim counter, and two then card one eight. to pay for it. I mean, we know that two, we know we we've heard this. Two card nine, two card nine. Oh my god! So it threatens two card nine, right? Which is uh, sorry, two card eight. You are right. Yeah, two, two card, card eight. eight. Sorry, I feel like sorry. this is uh, the Aether Ice Fiend close to of this set. It's not quite obviously Aether Ice Fiend is a disruptive card. It's wildly different, but the value of this card is freaking ridiculous. Like. Uh, this is two card eight, a lot threatening two card eight. Yeah, which threatening is, two card yeah. eight. Yeah, and and blocking like having two three blocks in hand is not that easy in the set. So if you can always get the aim counter on this coming for six, like it is really hard to deal with. Yeah, this card's a common too. Yeah, I think this could be an A minus. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, the red is really good, but also the yellow is really solid. Like this is, if I'm inclined to think that range is good in the set, infecting shots the sort of card that I'm like wanting to first pick in arrows. Yeah, next we have Merc Myro. Oh my god, what is this name? Merc Meyer Grapnel. Um, it's a ranger attack action. It's an arrow. It's a common. Um, look at the red one. Cost zero. Attacks for four. Blocks for three. Um, it says, if Merc Mine Grapnel has an encounter, gets plus one. Damage that would be dealt by Merc Mine Grapnel can't be prevented. So this is effectively a zero for four. The blocks are three that you can dump an extra resource in to be a zero for five. Uh, I think the ability is like pretty irrelevant, but you know, honestly, it could be there. Like, if we're looking at something like draft, like there could be an like a an archetype where people just prioritize those kind of effects and higher blocking cards, and this is relevant. But um, yeah, I think this is like a, a zero for the box of three is pretty good, and then also just like being able to dump the additional resource into it. So let me see what grade I had. Sorry, I have to scroll down. So I had a C plus. Yeah, uh, damage prevention. Those cards aren't unplayable, um, so the text isn't completely irrelevant. I, I think this is better than like the go again arrow, for instance, just like as a comparison, because or around the same. Because yes, yeah, I think it is. Yeah, because like zero for f like your the cost structure again. Just going back to it, it's it's really that's why I see the quiver is so important for Azalea. You're gonna do this like more often than not. I think be putting these encounters on. So um, I have this like a C plus at, at red. I think C to C plus, um, and like. You know, even even the the blue arrow, it's like a it's a blocks for three and, and can be an attack for uh what's that for three? Like it, you know, it's not terrible. Except we have sedation shot. This is a ranger attack action arrow. Uh costs one, defense of three, and it red attacks of five, and says if sedation shot has an aim count, it has plus one, and when this hits a hero, create an inertia token under their control. So it's the same as the one we talked about with infecting shot, but for inertia tokens. Yeah, I have C plus. I have this as a C. I think it's the worst of the the three of these cycle again that uh, generate tokens. But a one for six is is good. Like it's a good arrow. So I could I could be talked up <laughs> to C plus for red, but I think majority of them are just a C. The worst of the three, right? Yeah. Well, debatably, maybe Skybound Shot is worse. So we're looking at Skybound Shot now. Ranger attack action. It's an arrow. It's common. We're looking at the red. Cost one. Attacks for five. Blocks for three. And just says if Skybound Shot has an aim counter, it gains plus one. So, uh, in line with me rating the, the the worst ones of the last cycle at C plus, I have this just as C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think if um, if sedation shots are C plus, then this is this is just a C. But power is good. Like you want big numbers in that bottom left hand corner, and skybound shot is going to be like a mid 
Like, especially at red, like a mid to late pick that you'd be happy to see. Honestly, the more I look at these cards, the more I'm convinced that if I'm anywhere near playing, like anywhere close to playing an Azalea deck, I want as many pumps as possible because there is a shitload of arrows for me to pick up. And these are very high statted arrows. And it's going to be really easy to dominate and kill people, I feel like. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking back to a, a, a format like Tales of Aria where you could have those really go tall decks. And they were, I thought they were very um, underrated. Pumps are good, man. The, yeah. the pumps are really good. Like, I'm running them really highly. Um, yeah, let's talk about standard uh, ranger attacks. Spire sniping is the next ranger attack action arrow at common. Uh, it costs one, defense of three, and it red attacks of five. When spire spinning is put or turned face up in an arsenal, look at the top two cards of your deck and put them back in any order. I mean, I think in Azalea, this is probably on rate with Skybound Shot. Oh. You know, it's probably worth about plus one, uh, but otherwise, I think it's the worst of, of these one cost uh, arrows, and I think it's probably like a C. Interesting. I think this card is good in Azalea. Like, I think it's a C for sure. But then I think in Azalea, it's like pretty freaking good. Because if like, if I really need my Azalea to hit, right? If I, let's say I invest like two non-attack actions into pumping and I really need this dominated arrow to be a hit and I don't want to go off the top of my deck and I don't want to get the second cycle because maybe the ninjas are too fast. Like this card allows me to do that via loading with the token bow that's in the set. Look at the top two cards, then activating Azalea and boom, I've got my dominated arrow. So this seems like a card I would want. I agree, but then why is the red better? Like, then the blue is just the same thing, right? Because you're going to tuck it true. to the bottom anyway. True, true, true. You're so right. I just think it's hard to get above, like, a C+, I think, because, like, the stats and the effect is relevant, but the stats are never going to be above what they are at mm. Attack for 5. Um, this is you, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. So next up, we have Widowmaker, Ranger, Attack, Action, Arrow. It's a common. Uh, we're looking at the red one. Cost one. Attacks for four. Blocks for three. It says defense reactions can't be played the Widowmaker's chain link. And it says if Widowmaker is defended by fewer than two cards, it has plus three attack. Important to note that that does include equipment cards. <laughs> um, so I think this card is uh, way better in Limited than it is in Constructed. Mm-hmm. Um and I have this as a at, a at a B due to the scarcity of equipment and the sort of the consistency or the, the your opponent will need to block this with two cards. And I think you're just getting way too much value. You can't just the only be- equipment that blocks in the set that has a defensive value is blade break equipment. So yeah. you are like you know if they're going to use equipment, you, you're you're really happy if you get a card plus equipment on this. Um, defensive reactions can't be played. That's 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 not irrelevant. Uh, the stats on this though, like so if you if they. So if you're threatening a one for seven, like a one card for seven, or even because of, um, uh, you know, you've pumped it or whatever, like pumps are really bad on this. And that's what I think brings this down for me because I think the pumps are really relevant and mm-hmm. they're not good on this. Uh, obviously, yeah. But, yeah. And then like even dominate with Azalea isn't particularly good if your opponent still has, a you know, blade break equipment left. So I find this, honestly, I, I'm like a whole grade lower than you. I'm like a C to like a C minus on this card. I, I do think that like text line is relevant of like, if they block with fewer than two cards, but then they just block with two cards and their pumps aren't good. And what have you done with your turn? I think like there's no way to like enhance this beyond, which I think is kind of the challenge with this card. Yeah, I could see that for sure. It seems like a really good supporting blue as well. That's true. Get around that for sure. I think blue might be the best of the color, to be honest. Nice two cards. Mm-hmm. Except we have Withering Shot. This is a Ranger Attack Action Arrow. Uh, costs one, defense for three, red attacks for five. And uh, says, when wither- if Withering Shot has an aim counter on it, it has plus one attack. And when this hits a hero, create a frailty token under the control. So this is the third of these um, shot cycles that we've seen. Same as with the other heroes. I mean, this is the second best one. It's not quite Blood Rot Pox, but I think the more and more we talk about it, it's really close, especially against... Uh, obviously, 
in the mirror against rangers like it, it is it is worse right mm-hmm. so i mean yes it hits their ranger attack so it'll be a zero for four sort of minimum um but you know it's not zero for five like butter pox i have this at a b minus i think i had a c plus but yeah i think that you're right like in the in the ranger mirror you know inertia is much better than frailty but frailty against ninja is super good i think that that it does make me quite hopeful for the set because there is a lot of sort of push and pull and there you know isn't like this is strictly better than the other option mm-hmm. yeah all right so on to assassin ninja hybrid we start out with the equipment this is mask of shifting perspectives an assassin ninja equipment head at common defense for one it says attack reaction destroy mask of shifting perspectives whenever a dagger hits this turn you may put a card from your hand on the bottom of your deck if you do draw a card and it has blade rake Hayden? Again, another another headpiece, right? Uh, yep. We're going to be talking about quite a few of them before we end as well. Um, I think this is almost always, you know, in the worst case, a cycle. And cycling is 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 good. Obviously, the dagger has to hit, but you're going to be hitting with daggers. Um, I mean, I kind of compare it to the Ranger one. I think the effect is slightly better, but still not. You know, I think Blade Breaker is the most important part of this. So I have this at a B as well. Yeah, I had C+, but equipment is just infinitely hard to rate. Next up, we have Blade Cuff. This is, again, Assassin Ninja Equipment Arms. Blade Break Defensive 1 and has Action. Two resources. Destroy Blade Cuff. Your daggers gain plus 1 this turn. Go again. Uh, I, I think this is the same thing, but I think the arm slot is a lot less competitive. So, like, sorry, yeah, like, there's a lot less competitive for slots. You're going to want arm equipment. There's there's less of them than there is head slots. And um, also, this effect is not irrelevant, to be it's honest. It's pretty good, to be honest. When you have, like, yeah, a pop-off a- turn, if you do have, if you have the inkling of, like, an extra like an extra blue in that hand, which I know it might not be the pop-off turn if you have the extra blue, but still, this is, like, I mean, it's helping you go over the top, right? Because there's a, I think there's a big difference between turns where you do, like, an average amount of damage and then turns where you, you do an above average amount of damage because you end up stripping your opponent's entire hand and maybe doing damage over the top of that. And then you sort of lock them out via tempo. It is an action. There's one thing to know. Like, I think if this is instant, I'd have this, I'd be oh, yeah. a higher on this card. And you do have to have the two resources to sink into it for two damage, which, you know, like, does kind of incentivize your opponent to start to block these daggers. But I, and it, all those things said, again, arm equipment important. I think I have this at B. I think it's good tempo, right? Like, you can use this on an off turn, you know, um, to, help, to help you push some damage if you do draw sure. kind of a poopy hand. I think 80% of the time, though, you're going to be using this for Blade Break. Yeah. I had this as a, as a C plus B. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it is again. I do just want to point out, like arm slot is a lot less competitive, yeah. and you do want an arm slot. So I think I think that's the reason I have a half grade higher. Yeah. So next up, we have bleed out. This is an assassin slash ninja attack action at rare. We're looking at the red cost two attacks for four, defense for two. It says bleed out costs x re- x resource points less to play, where x is the total damage you've dealt with daggers this combat bat chain. Hayden. I- I don't know what it is about reduction of like resource cost and like cheating cards. It gets me really excited downstairs, Brendan. Yeah, I think this. Um, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but but what I will say is actually once I kind of reflect and and think about it a bit more, it's not that good really? because. Okay, so I think at best, right? So if you if you can't attack, so in assassin, for instance, if you can get through your spider's bite, which sometimes your opponent is honestly incentivized to defend anyway, then you can't actually attack with this. If you don't get the spider's bite through, even if you do, then you're you're looking at a, a two card hand that's worth five, maybe six because of the negative debuff. In ninja, it looks better, right? Because it's like, okay, well, you know, you probably get in one to two kadachis. Yeah, that's true. 
then also there's the, I think that cost structure is a little bit awkward. I think a lot of the time you'll be attacking with one Kadachi because there's a lot of one and two cost cards. And sometimes you want like back to back one cost or sometimes you want to play the two cost. So one Kadachi is going to be more common, I think. Um, so I honestly think like, yes, if this is a one for four with Gogan, then it's like a, it's like the worst leg tap in the deck if you're a ninja. I, I think this is like a C to maybe C plus. And okay, I honestly finally. think in some of the assassins, this is like a D to D minus. Oh, okay, we got it. So assassin, I don't want, I won't worry about assassin, but I think in ninja, I think in ninja, this is like an A minus B plus. And this is the hill we're going to die oh. on because I think that like, so this is going to be pretty consistent the total damage you've dealt with daggers is combat chain so like i think it's pretty easy with kadachis to do two damage with this and it's a zero for four zero for four go again this reminds me a lot of like blaze blaze headlong um it's a little bit harder to pull off than blaze headlong because blaze headlong was just the red before but your, your opponent is not going to play around this they literally can't like if they're blocking a kadachi they were already going to block it anyway so i think that kadachis and limited i don't think they get blocked a lot because they're you're always trading down like it's pretty tough they usually don't block until like they're literally dying and then losing the game so i think it's going to be very very often that this is a zero for four go again which is freaking busted like it's insane and the fact that this is like still playable if you don't hit with the daggers like you can still use it and it's like a freaking leg tap i mean this is my this will be my card of the set like i think this card's busted oh i think you're so wrong like the 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 problem with like i agree like you're not going to trade down kadachis and you're probably going to hit with both kadachis the the problem that that causes is like it's gonna be so hard for you to find hands where i think i think the cost structure of the ninja cards is going to start to cause a little bit of issues i think the best case scenario is that you have a three card hand with this a, a le- another leg tap and a blue right so now you're threatening like 10 damage off your three cards that is slightly above rate and that is good and, and that is like i think best case scenario that's really hard for me to start to give this card like an a i think i could be talked up into ninja to like maybe a b minus but like in some hands you're just gonna be like well i just want it like it's not blaze headlong i can't just keep a one card hand and come with this i can't keep two like a zero cost and like a head jab in this like it doesn't work like i need the blue to be able to make this work i, I think this card is a lot more awkward than than blaze headlong and i i think in ninja i think it is at its best i think in assassin this is going to cause some issues for people and, and like if you have to pay the full two resources for this yeah let's go again like maybe it's relevant you like play this into something like a spring load for a three card hand for like nine which is on right but I, i'm not that excited about it and it blocks for two I, yeah i i'm really not convinced yeah, so the only caveat I would give to my grade is cost structure because you really can't, it's hard to predict like what that's like until you play with the set like a few times. Like I would I would call back to out to Uprising where we rated Lava Burst and Red Hot significantly differently. And we had played with the cards. That was the difference, right? I had played with the cards I had known that like you never have two resources to cast a Red Hot, right? The zero the zero resource is just infinitely better. Um, it doesn't even, like the value on Red Hot could be ridiculous high. You're just never going to have that kind of, re- those kind of resources when you're on the rupture. So it is, it, it could be a thing, right? Like I, I, I haven't played with the cards enough, like, by that I mean at all to know if you know attacking with two Kadachis is going to facilitate a playable combat line out of Ninja ever, you know. But I do think that if you can do it, it's blades headlong. I, I do. Yeah, it's not. But okay. <laughs> Where, do you want? What's your final grade on bleed out across? Do you want to give it separate grades for Ninja versus everything mm, else? Yeah, I don't think it's good in Assassin. Like I think it's like a C. But I think in Ninja, I would go. B plus A minus. Yeah, I'm gonna go C in Assassin and uh like B C plus. Maybe you took me to a B minus, maybe in, in No, stay on that C plus, keep that energy. Let's go. All right. Done.
Uh, next up we have Hurl. This is a assassin ninja attack action. At rare, it costs zero and attacks for uh, three. Uh, it's important to note, so uh, did these, these cards do have cycles, right? Yeah, they do. So we're looking at the red one here. Attacks for three, defense for two. As initial cost to play Hurl, you may pay one resource. When you do, it gains. When this attacks, target dagger you control deals one damage to target hero. If damage is dealt this way, the dagger has hit. Destroy the dagger. So, I mean, kind of says it in the name, right? If you, uh, as an additional cost to play it, you can play a resource. If you do, that dagger is going to be thrown at your opponent and uh, it's going to attempt to deal one damage and you're going to destroy that dagger no matter what. Uh, the card has go again, which is, is relevant. So, you know, this is a head jab at worst at red, which is which is cool. And it has some potential reach in the late game. So I, I think this is like at red is like a, you know, I'd put it on par with head jab. I think it's like a C, the C plus. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's a May is like, it's fine. I think it, it's a C. I'll be trash if it wasn't May. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think the yellow and, and blues are pretty bad, though. Like, they block two. And... All right, next up we have Plunge. This is an Assassin Ninja attack action at common. Red, one cost. Attacks for three, defense for two. It says, when this hits, your next dagger attack this turn gains plus one. Go again. Hmm. So, is this pretty consistently a one for five? Like, I mean, or sorry, yeah, one for four. And, like, that's, like, a best case scenario for this card. It's pretty consistently a one for three with go again, I think. And mm. the best case scenario is it's one for four. If your opponent wants to let you turn it into that. And but the problem is is like you don't really want to attack with your daggers after your attacks. You want to attack with them first, is my big problem with this card. And then if it's just a one for three with go again, this card sucks. Like it's way worse than hit jab. Like I think this is like a C minus to D. I, I'm really not excited about this card. Yeah, C minus for me as well. I think it's like forecasting power is just not as good, right? You attack with this first, and then you just tell your opponent that the daggers... You're priced into attacking with the daggers. You need to get the value, and your opponent knows exactly how much is coming. Yeah, that's very true. And also, it's trash and assassin, because you want to attack first with the spider's bite to get the potential relevant on effect. Uh, next up is short and sharp. Again, assassin slash ninja attack reaction. It costs one, defends for two, and we're looking at the red one, which says choose one, target dagger, attack, it's plus three attack. Or target attack, re attack action card with two or less base attack gains plus three. Um, I mean, I think obviously there's a cycle, so yellow is plus two and, and blue is plus one. I think this card is going to be relevant in all colors, just thanks to break points and on hit effects. And I think you're going to want some number of these. I mean, this is le a lot less exciting than the attack actions in Assassin. Um, but you, you can, you know, it doesn't have the stealth sort of like need where you have to have a card with stealth. Uh, you can target your dagger as well, which is obviously great. So you can push through like spider's bite effects or you can just kill people uh, like a la Razor Reflex and Welcome to Wraith. Um, and the, the target attack action with like two or less base attack is like really relevant for like Benji and stuff as well. But I think that like that last line of text is like a little bit awkward. You can't target like, your, you know, your big attacks or anything like yeah. that. I, yeah, so Benji is, I think, like the best use case for this. I don't know. I feel like this card kind of sucks. I just remember playing Welcome to Wraith and it's like, if you ever Razor Reflex your dagger, it it was terrible, right? Like that's, you would never, it, that's not the best use case for it unless you're like closing out the game. So I don't know, it just feels a bit narrow, but maybe it's good. It's good in Benji. I mean, I think because of the number of like on hit effects and assassin and stuff, like attack reactions are really important. I, I actually honestly think the red, I had it a B minus. It might be more like a C plus. I might be overrating this because I do think it is the worst of the, of the attack reaction. So it's probably more like a C plus. Uh, and then the others like a, you know, yellow, even like a c minus like i think you're going to want to play it in your deck because of the effect of it being an attack reaction but yeah it's not it costs one which is not particularly great mm -hmm. yeah i'd see 
All right, next up, we have the Assassin Ranger hybrid card starting out with equipment. Again, we have Mask of Malicious Manifestations. It's Assassin Ranger equipment head. Defensor 1 at common. It says, action, one resource. Put a card from your hand or arsenal on the bottom of your deck. Destroy Mask of Malicious Manifestations. Reveal cards from the top of your deck until you reveal an attack action card. Put it in your hand, then shuffle. Go again, and it has Blade Break. Hayden, what are your thoughts on this one? Um... I can't tell if this is one of the worst names or best names of cards in the set. It's my first take on this card. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I think this text is way less relevant than all the other masks we've looked at so far, to be honest. I think, like, yes, like, guaranteeing an attack is going to get you out of jail on some, some, some hands, but it costs one to do so. I think the Blade Break is 89% of what this card is doing. And for that reason, I think it's, like, a little worse than some of the others. So I have, like, a B minus. I had C plus, but yeah. In line with what you said for the rest, so mm. makes sense. Uh, next up is Toxic Tips. This is an assassin slash ranger equipment arms. Defense for one has blade break and says action. One resource, destroy Toxic Tips. The next attack action card you play this turn gains. When this hits a hero, create a frailty, inertia, blood rot pox token under their control. Go again. Uh, I think, okay, first of all, this is an, an arms again, which I think mm. is, uh, you know, there's a lot of competition for this slot. Has blade break. I think this action is like, really relevant with azuri and even um with azalea like the text i think you can activate yeah. a lot more in those decks than you would the other the blade break cards so i honestly think like this is like a b plus maybe even a minus i had a b plus um yeah i think that this is still i mean action it's just so let's say you're multiple lines broken if it's a reaction or an instant, instant yeah it'd be broken and be an a plus um this is kind of one of those cards where I feel like if my opponent, if I'm playing something like a Benji, or not, sorry, not a Benji, but if I'm somehow going more wide with like maybe an Arachne, um, and I can get the sense that my opponent is not walking with cards in order to have a pivot turn, this is kind of like an on-demand of like, maybe I can force him to block my second card or I get a ton of value. That's really where I see this this text being used a lot. I had a B plus. Yeah, the text, the, the text upside is like Blood Rot Pox, so is a resource for two damage or maybe frail to like the frailty would be huge and get the full like three value off of it but yeah i mean actually i think it's a b plus because i think the, the value upside is like is pretty limited and you telegraph it so <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> all right here we go yeah, this oh, I go death touch. This is an assassin ranger attack action at rare. Uh, red one cost attacks for six defense for two. Says death touch can't be played from hand when this hits a hero. Create a frailty, inertia, or blood rock pox token under their control. Oh, this is an A for me. Yeah. I, I think this is like, I had an a. I this think this is like best card, right? Like one of the top cards. And I'm not ready to like commit to what I think is like the best pack on pick ones, but it's definitely in that echelon for me. Um, the red, I think, is is an, a solid A for me. I think even the yellow is like a B plus, and probably the blue is still a B. Like it still has a break point of four. People might look at this and go, "You can't play it from hand." Like it has this like restrictive factor. It does. That's true. But you know, put it in your arsenal, play it the following turn from range draw, or you know, like play a non-attack action into Riptide's effect to you know play a come to fight and then play this and come in for nine or something. Like there is there is ways to get this in your arsenal. Obviously for Azalea, it's a, it's a bit tough with like Codex and Assassin. Um, but also, you can uh, you can swap the sim with Azuri. It's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I think this is currently the highest pack one pick one for me, just because it's also a hybrid card, which is kind of crazy that it's so powerful in, in terms of its ability, but it's also hybrid and keeps you open. That's nuts. Yeah, Threaten, Threaten's a two card, which costs one resource, so you use, so you can dagger into this to like threaten the breakpoint better, and then is threatening like a, a one card for eight. That's mm -hmm. that's huge. Yeah.
Next up we have Toxicity. This is a assassin slash ranger non-attack action. It costs zero, defends for two, it's at rare. Uh, it has a full cycle and says um, the next assassin or ranger attack action card you play this turn gains. When this hits a hero, they lose five life. Uh, Brendan, it's not Modern Sky. Let's go again as well. Out. Yeah. It doesn't, yeah, the card's right, go again, but it doesn't give go. Yes, yes. Um, it's not Modern Skies, as I've seen some people compare it to. I think this card is, this is I'm going to give a build around for this. I think this is a build around like B minus. Otherwise, I think it's like in the Ds and Cs. Like if you aren't able to ever push breakpoints for this, all you're doing is take like trading this for a card from your opponent's hand. Okay. Well, I got to go with what I wrote. And I think that, yeah, it's like a C minus. It's like a C, uh, except in his like build around Azuri and Azalea, where I think it could be incredibly good we see multiple heroes in the set have less than 20 life so i mean this is a zero for five you have evasion via azuri and you're swapping a card in are they just like you know over blocking you i, I think it's worse in azuri than is like something like azalea where if you can if you can get that dominated arrow and you can get a zero for five out of this i think this card could actually be incredibly powerful um it's just tough because you are telegraphing this but yeah, I don't know, Hayden. I really, I don't like this card in Constructed, but I really like it in Limited, um, especially in something like Azalea, and I think it's also very feasible in Azuri. Yeah, I mean, it, it's relevant, right? Like, if you have a good amount of ways in your deck to push damage, and, you know, you're not playing into Ranger, like, this is a card that, like, if, okay, if I'm playing Assassin, and I'm playing into something like a Benji, a Katsu, or another Assassin, I know they have zero to very limited access to defense reactions. This is a card that if I know I have attack reactions, I have my Azuri ability, um, I have potential like dominate attack. Like this card is really interesting to me. I just think it's grade is going to greatly vary. Like it's not a consistent card. It's a card that like if you play it, telegraph face up value, your opponent can block it. But if you have ways to push the damage and turn this into a zero for five, that is huge. I agree. Um, so yeah, I mean the blue is also an interesting one to me as well. To be yeah, I mean there's got to be a few cards where I you know I, I cast my dice for this one to go B plus. Fair enough. I, I mean, I have it as a build around like B minus B. So, uh, you know, I think we're similar. We're just a uh, kind of different execution, maybe. All right. So next up, we have uh, Virulent Touch. Uh, this is a Sash and Ranger attack action at common red. Cost zero attacks for four defense for two. It says Virulent, Virulent Touch can't be played from hand. When the chain, when this chain like resolves, this Virulent Touch ha is defended by a card from hand. Create a Bloodrock Pox token under the defending hero's control. Hey, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, so you go first. I really like this card. I think this card is really, really good. Yeah. Um, I have the red at a B, and I have the yellow and blue at like a C plus to B minus. Uh, the reason for that is, yep, has that text line again of can't be played from hand. But when you when you do play it, it's a zero for four at worst at red, which is still really good. Um, and then also has this text that so that that probably puts it in like the C plus range already or in the C range. And then it also has this like really relevant text, which is like, uh, you know, if a, a card has blocked this, it's now taken a card and leaked a damage minimum and also presented two more damage with the blood rot pox token also the other thing is that means that like the blue and yellow like have some utility as well so maybe b is a little bit high maybe b minus is a little bit more appropriate but i, I do think this card is is good i had it at b um and i think it might it depends i think it really depends on the format um but i think it could creep up into b plus if like this is like a really good card to close because like this is i mean this is tough to defend right at the end of the game where you're going to get a blood or pox token if you defend with the mm -hmm. card um, so i think this card could potentially be a really good closer and it's it's really tough um because with how we're evaluating these cards on the limited set review because these ones are hybrid cards which has never been seen in flesh and blood but we're seeing two two p extremely powerful cards that are hybrid cards like i think that if you're looking at something like draft like 
I mean, I think they get almost like an entire like half letter grade higher if they're even somewhat playable and they can keep you open. But again, it depends on the packs, like how many cards are the pack, how important is it to be in the right class, stay open, so contextual. Yeah. Modality really misses with, I think, sort of evaluating cards without getting a lot of play experience behind them because you can go, well, also defensive too, which is a big downside. Well, but also it's a hybrid card, so that gives it upside again. So it is, I think, landing around that B is probably, B minus is probably correct. Mm. Um, next up, we have Blood Rot Trap. This is a zero cost assassin ranger defense reaction trap, defense for three, and it's at red. Uh, no cycle to this again. And it says, when this defends and the attacking hero has played it or activated a reaction, this chain link, create a Blood Rock Pox token under the control. Important to note that it's chain link, not this combat chain. So it has to be, you know, you, they have to have basically played an attack reaction, then you play this as a defense reaction for it to be, uh, to be triggering. Yeah. I have this as a C, um, but I think against something like Azuri, this is uh, like a B plus. Because like, I think you can just consistently get it off. You know, as like a sideboard card, you bring it in for Azuri. I think it's triggering almost every single time you're playing it, which makes it busted. But overall, I think it's like a C at best. I think it can't be worse than a C because it's like a defensive head jab. Like we just talked about, you know, the zero for threes and they, they land around like a C that has go again. This allows you to still play out the rest of your hand. So it's kind of like a pseudo go again. It does have the restriction of needing your opponent to actually have attacked and get the full value of the three. But, you know, into matchups where you can trigger this, I think sideboard grade of like a, a, a B minus is like pretty reasonable. It is red though. So it is, it is worse than some of mm-hmm. the traps, but I think it's like a C, maybe sideboard grade, a sideboard, sideboard grade, sorry, of a B minus. Um, again, you have to draw it at the right time. All right, next up, we have Frailty Trap. Assassin Ranger, Defense Reaction Trap. At common, red, cost zero, defense for three. It says, when this when this defends an attack with go again, create a Frailty token under the attacking hero's control. Well, I think this card kind of, I think it's potentially kind of bad because like you're not going to play this onto a Kadachi, right? And they're probably Kadachiing first. So there goes the value of that uh, of that frailty token, I think, in most case scenario. Because like they're usually going to attack with a weapon. So you, this frailty token, I just don't see it really doing much unless they're playing something out of Arsenal. And then like maybe you get zero for four out of this. But I think frequently it's just a zero for three. I have this at a, a C. I have this at like a C minus D plus. I, I think it's like a cyborg grade into Azuri, uh, into solitary confinement, sorry, a reckoning solitary confinement of like a C plus, B minus, because they're going to attack with a stealth card probably second, but then that doesn't trigger on the spider's bite. So like, I agree with you, like the frailty token kind of sucks. It's easy to, to trigger. So the Riptide it represents like a zero for four kind of trade, but it's red and it's a little bit awkward. And when are you actually playing it? So I honestly, yeah, I honestly have this as like a C minus D plus and for Riptide it's like a C at best, I think. Except we have uh, the third of these traps. We have Inertia Trap. So it's an Assassin Ranger Defense Reaction Trap. Defense for three, again at red, cost zero, and says when this defends an attack with greater than its base, create an Inertia token under the attacking hero's control. Um, I mean, I think this is actually better than Frailty to a degree because I think that you get to play this mid-combat and potentially mess up what your opponent's trying to do with their arsenal for next turn. Maybe they're trying to slip a Death Touch or a Virulent Touch or you know something that they want to do next turn. Um, and defend an attack that has greater power. Like there is a lot of these in this in this set between ninja and assassin uh, and ranger with encounters. So um, I think this is better. I, I for some reason I had my grade like written down as a D plus, but I, I think this is just like a C to be honest uh, for Riptide. Especially. I had a C as well. All right, so on to the generic, starting out with a another headpiece equipment. We have Seeker's Hood, generic equipment head, at common. It says instant, one resource, destroy, Seeker's Hood, prevent the next one damage that would be dealt to your hero this turn. Opt one. Oh, Hayden, you go first. 
All right, I have a lot to say about these equipment. So I'm basically just gonna say a lot about Seeker's Hood, but I'm talking about all the Seeker's equipment when I talk about this card, because they do the exact same thing. And there's one for each of the equipment slots. Um, so I think the first thing to really understand is like how important is preventing one damage gonna be in a lot of games. And it's really gonna vary, but we've talked about a lot of on-hit effects and uh, you know breakpoints and things like that. So it isn't nothing. The problem is if you're trading a full card for that, why didn't you just block with it? So I think Seeker's, Seeker's equipment gets better in multiples, just like it kind of did mm. with... Um, Quell. Yeah, or even Ironhide in, uh, in Monarch to a degree as well, or uh, an instant to pair with it. And that's where I think Peace of Mind becomes like a much better card, which we'll talk about towards the end of this. It's a generic uh, that prevents damage cost too. You know, if you can pair that with a Seeker's Hood, now you're both those cards get a lot more value. You can pitch a blue, get the full value out of it to defend five damage and then across a couple of different hits. So you could use the one resource to stop a, a Spider's Bite so you don't get the trigger, especially if your opponent's on a big five card hand turn and then uh, use that. So I think um, the other thing you can do as well with this, it's really important to note, is like if you have this equipment and you have like a floating resource in your turn, you can pay for one of the Blood Rock Pox damage, which is, is quite cool as well. So you just have like a random floating resource because you haven't, you know, utilizing your resources really hard in this. You can actually trade it in for definitely one damage prevention so it turns into like a pseudo blade break against not being able to pay for a blood pox so th there is like i think once you start to think about these cards there is a lot more than the face value that being said it doesn't have a defensive value uh it does require you to use that resource in some games it's not going to be it's not going to get the value you want it to so i think this is like a c plus i think it's, it's still equipment i think it's c to c plus i think this actually this is the worst of them because head is so competitive so this is more like a C, C minus. I had C minus for this one. So let's rapid fire these. Next, uh, we have Seekers Gillette. Gillette. Oh, God, I don't know if you've heard the uh, the Dr. Disrespect spawn was like, Gillette. This is the best that Brenda can get, apparently. Somebody's going to have that stuck in their head now. Anyway, generic equipment chest, instant, destroy Seekers Gillette, prevent the next one damage to be dealt by here this turn, off one. Because the chest I had was B plus. What did you have? It's it's gilet right? Like it's like I just realized it's like named for a vest. I mean, it's a, it's a gilet. <laughs> Sorry, I work in fashion. I definitely should know this. All right, it's a gilet. Um, it is so yeah. Get, there you go. Pronunciation guide for your uh, for your release to not look silly. Take a gilet. I think this is the second best. I think chest has the second. Uh, boots is going to be the best yep, basically because it has like no competition. So I have this as a C plus. Okay. I had it a bit higher, but yep. Um, on to Seeker's Mitts. No, I just, <laughs> these are just infinitely hard to uh, infinitely hard to grade as equipment. So, yeah, Seeker's Mitts, arms, instant, one resource, destroy the Mitts, put the next one damage to dealt. Do you have this turn? Opt one. Hayden, what'd you have? See, I think this is like on par with where you're valuing just like an average card in your deck and um, you, you know, you, it's competing with a bit less than the hit spot. So, like I see. I do just want to quickly talk about the relevance of the opt. Like, it is relevant. And I think that is something that is important to understand. I don't want to trade a full resource for my opt, but if I'm trading a resource for a damage and an opt on something, even like a blood rot pox token at the end of a turn to set up my draw, I'm, I'm not sad about that. So I do just want to say that that is, that is relevant. Okay. On to Seeker's leggings. So same thing, but with the legs, I had an A. Does it, does it compete with anything at legs? It doesn't compete with anything. I, I don't have it in A. I have it at a, a B. I think it's online with like the other equipment because it's not. It's like I'd rather have Blade Break. Yeah, it's, would, not, it's not a bomb, but like, it's just, but it's not competing. We need to develop a new it's system tough. for freaking equipment, man. It doesn't. You might. <laughs> I think. I think it's probably in that B range somewhere. B minus B, B plus. Like I think it's competing with those sort of similar cards. I think you. 
Like, you're not going to be sad if you just don't have a league piece, I think, is what you're going to find yeah. in this format. Like, if you just don't have the Seekers leggings, I mean, you definitely don't care about the sandals, I think, for very niche cases. Um, but, like, if you don't have this, like, you know, I'd, I'd, for instance, if we're comparing this to Bs, I'd rather have almost yeah. any of the other Bs. I wouldn't Bs first pick this. About. So, it's definitely not an A. Like, if we look at something like Tales of Aria, like Deep Blue, like, you would first pick. Like, that card is better than all the other cards. So, Plume of Evergrowth. Yeah. Like, there was, the equipment in that set was so crazy. All right. Onto Silken Gi, <laughs> genetic equipment chest, common. It says instant destroy Silken, uh, Silken Gi. The next attack action card you play this turn has minus one attack and cost one less to play. I thought I'd this was. This one. Yeah, I thought it was good, to be honest. I mean, I mostly mm -hmm. thought about it in Ninja. So, I mean, yep. I think the most important thing is like if you have on hit effects, like this just gets a lot better. Um, maybe, right? Because like does one resource always equate to one damage? I think one resource equates to more than one damage on most cards actually right yes that, that's the important thing to weigh up is like a resource on card cost often equates to you know like around two damage i think which is um is really important and this doesn't cost you a card i think ninja this is gonna be really relevant for setting up some really, like really crazy turns where you're trying to cheat out on resources and maybe play off one blue but play like four even attacks um mm. i think this is also like relevant for assassin to you know spider's bite into a two cost like yes you are trading the one attack but you're potentially getting back with spider's bite and on a, maybe you've even played like multiple attacks then you get the value out of it so um i think you yeah you need to look to get the value out of this but i, I think this is like i have this at b minus mm. i think it's like i there's other cards that i'm going to want but i think in some decks you're going to really want this card i'm wondering if this card is just pure value right it's because like can you get more than one out of this if you can get two out of your equipment effectively right by re reducing the cost you're gaining and losing a damage you still net two damage on top of it like the, that's huge it's busted like it's absolutely first pickable in that case like if you can ever get two out of your equipment rather than one like you're just above yeah so i don't know it's hard for me to say sort of in our little vacuum right now but i think this might be really really good i'd be yeah i i don't know i think the other chest equipment that we're about to talk about is better but I interesting okay yeah you I'll explain why. Yeah. Let's, let's just go straight into it. Three bear tunic. A generic equipment chest. No defensive value. Instant. Destroy three bear tunic. Gain one resource. That's an instant. And activate this ability only if you have no cards in hand. Now, the reason... I actually have this... I have this basically the same grade. But the reason I think that this is probably going to end up being better is that I think um, with, like, Rangers in particular and, like, the Arsenal card, you can often, like, play, play with no cards after that mm -hmm. and be in need of a resource. I think it allows you to do things like have an arrow in your Arsenal and then on your turn play off no card hand. Uh, like, you block out and still present back a three to try and take back some tempo in a game. Now, I don't think this format is super tempo-based, which is important. Um, but, yeah, like, something like Spring Load out of Arsenal, you know, you get the double effect, no cards in hand, coming for five damage, Death Touch, uh, uh, things like this. I, I think this is... Some games you're going to end with this and play, and you're like, oh, man, I didn't get value out of that. And sometimes this card is just going to be super friggin' clutch and do work, uh, which is interesting. Yeah, I think this card is kind of busted, maybe, right? Because, like, on demand, you can just, you can have the I'm one card, you can have the one cost in your arsenal, you can defend the entire turn, and then you can just go to value down. Yeah, I think this is. You can also even just do, like, stuff like have a two cost in arsenal. Yeah. Uh, and just be like dagger into two cost and, and to be honest it does really require you to play on arsenal but i think these games this format to me doesn't look particularly fast so i think there is gonna be time to do that now that could change in draft we always look silly and the formats are being a lot faster than i think especially mm. with like ninjas and being able to string together stuff but I, my early take is that this is like a b okay a minus, a minus for me i think it's actually nuts 
Okay, cool. Next I like up, that you're higher than me on that. Next up, Fisticuffs, generic equipment, arms at common, says attack, reaction, two resources, destroy Fisticuffs, target attack, action, gains, plus one. So this is a satisfying attack reaction clauses. It has threat of activation. The entire game seems really good. It's kind of expensive. Yeah. yeah, but I don't care because like you say, threat of activation is always going to be high. I think this is huge in the ninjas where you talk about like attack reaction satisf- satisfaction and satisfying those abilities and you want a lot of blues in those. Um, I think it's mostly relevant in there, but like just threat of activation for on-hit effects is huge. Like, okay, say someone, you're playing Ranger, they come in with one of these arrows that has the on-hit effect of creating like a Blood Rot Pox token. They have a card in hand. You just sat there being like, okay, well, I could double block this and soak up the damage. What if that cut in hand is just like a crappy blue they're happy to trade in to then get effect, like three damage? I, I'm, you know, like where am I at in this game? So I think Fisticuffs is like a B plus. I'd be plus. Might even be an A minus. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I'd be plus. All right, next up we have um, Snapdragons at home. I mean Fleetfoot's, Fleetfoot Sandals, generic equipment legs. Attack reaction, destroy Fleetfoot Sandals, target attack with one or less base attack gets go again. Um, I just, you got my notes? Yeah. Go for it. I just said, "Oh, you had a C. Interesting. I have saves an awkward Dachi question mark blue Benji card. I don't know D. Like D. I, I okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where. Like if this is this reminds me of what was the equipment that like always went like second to last pick. And this is reminds me of what people did with glacial horns. Even though glacial horns was crazy, people would draft that so low, and that card was crazy. And this card is like does probably nothing in most decks. Mm, yeah, I think this is like." One of the worst equipment I've seen ever. <laughs> I agree. And the, the art is hilarious because of it as well. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Humble. This is, uh, so we're into the, some of the generic attack actions now. So this is a at rear generic action attack. Cost two, defense for two, and at rear attacks for six. There's a cycle and says when this hits a hero, that hero loses all abilities until the end of next turn. So treat the hero card as if the text box is empty. So if you've ever played with Sleep Dart, this is effective generic Sleep Dart uh, on a stick. Um, I think these grades kind of cascade for me. I think red is like a solid B. I mean, I think solid basically B, yeah. because power, I think power in the bottom left-hand corner is really important in the set. There's not a lot of, you know, you look at sets like Welcome to Wraith, you look at sets like Monarch even, you look at sets even like Uprising. There's a lot of cards that just have like good return for value when you put two cards into them. There's not a lot of that in the set. It really requires like weapons or a bit of like augmentation. This is just like two card for six at red I, I, and it has a really relevant on effect. I, I think it's like a B and then yellow and blue are like Cs. Maybe these cards would be nice <clears throat> in Ninja. I guess, like, but the thing is, like, Ninja doesn't have Flick Flack in the set. Like, if Ninja had Flick Flack, the ability to go Kadachi two for six is good because you can Flick Flack. It's not two for seven, though. Yeah, Kadachi two for seven. Yeah, two I know. For seven. But then, With like, on effect. the opposing side of the turn cycle, you would Flick Flack plus get a bunch of value. But yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I'd see. I just thought it was more of a role player, but um, yeah. Just not too sure about that. Uh, Infectious Host is next one. Generic action. Attack at rare red. Cost zero. Attacks for four. Defense for two. It says when this attacks when this attacks a hero, if you control a frailty token, create a frailty token under their control. Then repeat for inertia and blood rot pox. Um, I had this as a C. I effectively saw this as like a zero for four. The defense for two. Oh, I'm glad you went first. I, this is a B plus. Okay. I think this card is really, really good. And... I could be wrong on this, but based on how the format plays out, but I think tokens and breakpoints and things are really important. That's kind of my early take on this format. And there's going to be a lot of exchanges of, of tokens, especially depending on the type of deck you're playing and just defense being a little, a little bit lower than I would like it to be. So I think this is at worst at red. So at red, I have it at B plus. I think at worst, it's a zero for four. And at best, this is going to represent like a zero for six. And that is that is huge. That's exactly where I want to mm-hmm. be. So um, I, yeah, I, and because all the tokens pop at end of turn, 
if you have any of these tokens, you're always going to get the merit effect, which is really powerful, I think. So I think it read this is a B plus. I honestly think this is like a, maybe my top five cards I'm looking to first pick because it's generic as well. Like this is an up there with like Death Touch and stuff for me. Not quite as good as Death Touch, but it's up there for me. I think the yellow and blues are like C pluses, but even those, because this isn't an on-hit effect, it's just a trigger effect when you play it. So you always get the effect. I actually think even those could be B minuses depending on how the format shakes out. Hmm, interesting. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Here you go. Uh, looking for a scrap. This is a one cost generic at rare, defense for two, and at red has four attack and says, as an additional cost to play, looking for a scrap, you may banish a card with one attack from your graveyard. When you do, the scans plus one attack and go again. Um, there you go first. Uh, well, are there any, are there any generics that you can get at blue that attack for one? You know, like that's the question. Um, it's like, can you facilitate this via just like other generic cards? Is like my biggest so, question. Class cards you can. You have all those like stealth Feisty class cards. Feisty Locals from... is one. Um, yes. I think that might be it, to be honest. Uh, I think all the rest is... Oh, spring uh, Load. Spring, spring load. load. Yeah, yeah. Spring Load at Yellow is one, but not at... Not yeah. But then otherwise you're looking at um, class cards, so yeah. Ninja and Assassin. Which makes it much more narrow. So I, I had this card rated pretty highly, to be honest. I had a B plus, but I just think that it seems somewhat easy to pull off especially ninja i would just really have to go look at the set and figure out what cards exactly have one attack and how easy you can pull it off but like one for five with gilligan or sorry yeah one for five with gilligan is just absolutely nuts 100 percent, i agree if you can consistently put this to a one for five i think you're in the you're in the b range b plus range pretty solidly i mean a one for five gilligan like that's a that's similar to the uh the the leg tap with upside and i think i had that around like a, a b and that's like you have to work harder for this i think Potentially, depending on your deck. So, and then like a one for four with no go again. No go again. That, that's the thing. Is like the floor is kind of ass. But it's generic, and and one for four. Like so, even if you like uh, assassin dagger into this or something, and then play this, it's like two card for five. Nah, it's not te- you know terrible. It could be two card for six because of what representing with spiders by. I think this is probably going to be like a C to a C plus, and then in the right decks, like a B minus to B. I think. All right, next up we have Wreak Havoc. This is a generic action. Attack at rare. Red costs two, attacks for six, defense for two. Defense reactions can't be played to, re- to wreck Havoc's chain link. Uh, when this hits a hero, you may turn a card in their arsenal face up, then destroy a defense reaction in their arsenal. Hayden? Uh, I think this is worse than Humble. Yeah, definitely. Because of the on-hit effect being less relevant. And yes, defense reactions are relevant, but a lot of the time the, the opponent's not even going to play them from Arsenal. They're going to be playing them from hand. So, um, I think this is like a C plus at red because I do think that bottom left-hand corner is really relevant. I think just good quality attacks in this format are a bit harder to come by. And then I think the rest are like C to C minuses depending on the deck. I'd see. Next up, we have... Oh, somehow I've missed this card. We have cut down to size, uh, which says... What does it say, Renan? I can't read it. It's a, it's a common. It uh, defends for two and it red attacks for six and says... When this hits a hero, if they have four or more cards in hand, they discard a card uh boom 2020 vision baby sorry so for people who don't know we have a document with all the cars and this one wasn't included so we're looking at the tiny obs screen Um, definitely my fault i set up the document um i think this is i mean i think this is similar to wreak havoc i think slightly better on hit effect because it means your opponent can't keep five card hands four card hands so i think that's really good into um into ninja in particular so I, i think this is probably around like a c plus at red for me yeah, I put it at C just because it feels like a bit of a nombo. Like, people are just going to block this, right? It's just, 
have four more That's cards good. in hand. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It does force them to block, but um, yeah, I think just a C for me. Okay, I can see C. I think that's fair. All right, next up we have Destructive Deliberation. Uh, again, the R on the set, man. Um, this is a generic attack action. Ends for two, costs two, and it red attacks for five and says, when this is a hero, create a Ponder token. You're going first here. Yeah. Ah, damn it. Okay, okay. Me and Brendan trying to trade to see who's going first to see who might look silly. Uh, Ponder's good. But the offset of the power is definitely not irrelevant. So I think red and yellow are the particular ones you're looking at. I think blue is pretty bad, although it does have an on-hit effect. Um, I think I would give this somewhere around the, uh, what's the card, Humble. So I think it's like a B minus to C plus at yellow and red. And then I, I think the blue is, is pretty average probably. I think in the right deck though, where you can really utilize this Ponder token, I think you're probably a solid like B minus to B. Yeah, I had C, but uh, just not super sure on like how how good that ponder token is, and if it's worth the reduction in uh, attack. But like, it just it really depends really on I think the format. To be honest, I agree. It's really hard to know. All right, next up we have feisty locals. This is generic uh, attack action at common red cost zero attacks for three, defends for two. It says if this is defended by an action card, this has plus two. So. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, this is tough because you're giving your opponent the agency to usually give you the zero for five or not. Um, the best case scenario is if you put them in a scenario where they can only defend within an action card um, or, you know, their non-attack action card is super key to their turn or something like that. Nevertheless, I think this is like a C. I just don't see it becoming a zero for five a lot. But the potential upside is there. Hey, yeah, it has, does have some narrow potential upside. I think it's like a C minus, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think maybe even a D I plus. That, I think you yeah. don't don't really want this card, but... You know, Ninja can maybe utilize the red and the blue as a zero cost and it has some relevant text for in-game. So, you know, and with a pump, like it's like, okay, you pump this with like a come to fight or something after a dagger attack. Is your opponent not going to block like six and just take six? Or are they going to throw two cards in and still like damage? Like, reminds that's, me, that's where I think it turns into It reminds scene. me of Surging Militia, but like way worse. Me too. I had that in my Like notes. a way worse. <laughs> I don't know. It seems kind of bad, to be honest. I think it But gets, Surging Militia was like a B. Like that yeah, card that was card like nuts, so it's like way red worse. Red was like a B plus. Yeah, yeah. That was so good. yeah so I think Feisty Locals might actually be pretty bad. I think a C minus is probably where I'm going to land on it, but it could go either way depending on the deck. Uh, next up, we have free wheeling, free wheeling renegades. Generic attack action, uh, defense two, cost one, and it red attacks for six and says if this is defended by an action card, this has minus two. It sounded so good until we got to that text box, Brendan. Uh, one for four if it's defended by an action card. Yeah, that sucks. It's definitely. <laughs> I sucks. think the blue is the relevant card because you can trade up on. Um, cards from your opponent so you you trade like an, an average blue because you know you want like a good number of blues so at the end of the chain you have this blue left over that costs one that's good that's good cross structure being one and you're like threatening four damage if they don't give you a card so you get a card and probably a better card than your card which is, yeah. is good i could see that you know it, it's just tough for me to evaluate cards like that because when i think about how i would want my blue base to ideally land I would probably want just like mono blue come to fights. Like I probably wouldn't want anything else. So it's like, oh, we all want that. Yeah, though. We all want that. So it's <laughs> you can't have all that, right? So have. I guess this is like, so I want my, what do I want my blues to do in the set? I want them to either block three or I want them to have some utility to be played from hand. And, and I think this one does that. Don't get me wrong. I still think this is like a C minus, maybe a C at best, but like the, the, the blue is the better of the cycle. I just kind of want to point that out. I think. Yeah. I think C minus for me on that one. All right, next up, Ravenous Rabble. Um, generic action attack, common, red, cost zero, attacks for five, blocks for two. But it says, when this attack, when this attacks, reveal a doff card of your deck, this gets minus X, where X is the pitch value of the card revealed this way. Go again. Um, 
is it, I feel like Ravenous Rabble is just like more of a C plus in limited. Um, but yeah, C plus for me. Yeah. All these decks want to play blues and all these decks want to play at least probably eight to 10 blues and some decks want to play more and that, that can be a problem. Um, I tell you what, if you're Zuri, this in there, you got you yourself as five cost attacks, go, go again. It's not, you know, it's not terrible. Um, because you don't, you don't trigger that, uh, first ability, but yeah, I, I think this is like a C to C plus and the, the deck dependent. One of the cool things you can do with like Riptide is you can like play this out and you do have some opt effects to maybe like set it up beforehand as well. And like some of the, uh, the top card, like, um, like scout the periphery, things like that. You can know what it's going to come in for. Then that triggers your Riptide hero ability. You can put an arrow in. You come in for the arrow afterwards. So th- there is some utility to this, but I think it's going to land around a C to C+. Mm-hmm. Next up, Seek Horizon. Another reprint. Just going through some reprints here. This is a uh, zero-cost generic action attack. Uh, at common this time, it was rare when it was previously printed in Monarch. Defense for two, True. and then red attacks for four. <clears throat> um, and says, an additional cost to play Seek Horizon. You may put a card from your hand on top of your deck. When you do, Seek Horizon gets go again. Gains go again, rather. I think LSS have printed these cards in here because they want to be careful about the number of cards they print with Go Again for Constructed. So they just use reprints, I think, is honestly what they've done this for. Um, but it helps for Limited. So th- that's really what I think it is. And it helps enable things that we just talked about with like Riptide. It helps enable like utilizing your hand because the worst feeling about Flesh and Blood is like being stuck with cards in hand or not being able to block in a good way. Worst thing, this is worst case, this is a zero for four at red, which is, you know, that, that's that's fine and serviceable. Uh, the other colors are pretty trash, I think. I don't actually think you're going to use this for going in that often, but it's going to save some hands that would otherwise be awkward. I think this is landing around a C to C+. Plus. Yeah, so, I mean, 0-4, but you got to put the card on top of your deck, um, which is... You don't have to, though. Oh, to, yeah, because you don't need to go again. I'm sorry. Yeah, if mate. you want to go again. I think this card is decent in Azalea, to be honest. Like, we've never seen it played with Azalea, but I think in Azalea, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come out quite nicely if you draw this with, like, a an arrow in your hand. You put the arrow on top, you Azalea it in. Um, I could. Other than that, I've honestly I never liked playing with Seeker Eyes, and even when it, when it was that rare, no, it was it was bad in the last set, and I think it was better in the last set because of like meat axe and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's right. all right. Next up, we have Spring Load. This is generic attack action at common red cost one attacks for two, defense for two, and it says when this attacks, if you have no cards in hand, this gains plus three. Uh, I think this is a B minus. Like I think you're really going to be able to trigger this a lot. I think this is a great card. I really like this card. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm on board. I, I think I had C plus red, but I said maybe even B minus in some decks. Um, yeah, I, I think like costing one and being a really relevant attack to play either out of Arsenal as the last card or out of hand as the last card is going to be super, super relevant. I think ending with an Arsenal in this format is not as relevant as some other. Compare it a little bit to Uprising for me. Like I think setting up five card hands is not actually as important as other sets. And so a card like Spring Loaded has a bit more value than maybe it would in some other sets. And yeah, I'm I'm really on board with this card to be honest. I think because this card being gonna... very frustrating to be honest. Because like in something like Ninja, if you were able to play a more like mid rangey Ninja build and you were able to consistently defend, right? You could just like two card seven this very consistently. That's a lot. Yeah, really. yep. I think the other colors just quickly to touch on are probably not as good and probably C minuses. But yeah, I mean this card, I I actively want reds in my deck if it supports it well. All right, all reliable baby. Come to fight, another reprint. Generic action, non-attack action. It defends for three. Uh, it costs one. And at red, it says the next attack action card you play this turn gains plus three attack. Go again. And uh, of course, yellow is plus two. Blue is plus one. A reprint from Arcane Rising. A fan favorite pack. And I've got to say, I think a genius reprint, to be honest, because 
Umps are really important in this format. Again, playing out your hand, I think, can sometimes be a little difficult in this format. I think this card is... I honestly think the red card is, like, up there for, like, first pick all cards. Oh, the blue uh, is how, so good, too. Like, Yeah, blue, blue's good as well, right? Because it's it's just a, a, a blue, but I'm not first picking that card. I just think it's no. good. But I think the red, because of the versatility of this card, how good it is in Ranger, how good it is in Assassin, even it's it's fine in, in Ninja, although it's worst, I think, it still blocks three, which is good. So I think I have this like a B minus for red and like oh, a C plus for the rest. So funny, I have B plus. I mean, you talked about first picking it. Like, I think B plus is appropriate for come to fight. Come to fight just felt so good in every for- like in formats I played it in. Like, I think yeah. this card is really really strong. So I agree. Like in a early like in a weak pack, I think this is a first pick. It leaves you open, which is really good. I think it starts to come down when you're comparing this to so like I compare this to like Spike with Frailty or, you know, Lace with and that sort of thing. It is not as good as those cards once you're in the class. Like that is just hands down and I'm giving those cards like B pluses. So I think I have to give this like a B minus when I'm compared like looking at comparatively. But don't get me wrong, if this is like a good way to stay open I mean it is a good way to stay open in draft and the cards good defensive three. <laughs> worst all right next up we have scout the periphery it says generic uh non-attack action a common red cost zero defense for two it says look at the top card of target heroes deck the next attack action card you play from arsenal's turn gains plus three and it has to go again so the arsenal play from arsenal's turn it's actually it's pretty narrow to be honest mm-hmm. like um i do think it's just slots well into azalea yeah i mean it slots great into azalea Right, because you're gonna it's good in Riptide as well. Yeah, really good in Riptide. It's a good Ranger card. You play it from hand. You trigger the Riptide ability, and you put the card in Arsenal. Then you play it from Arsenal as well. So I, I actually think it's better in Riptide because of the, the cheat. But I mean, Azalea is still gonna want to play arrows. From I actually think Azalea is just gonna end up favoring attack actions a bit more, like non non arrow attack actions a little more than Riptide would, which is interesting. But um, this card does have a downside. It's really relevant. I think at red, it's it's going to be a card that you do want. It's the worst of the pumps, I think, or there or thereabouts for the ranges even. Um, and in other classes, it's particularly close to maybe even unplayable for some of them, depending on how they're playing out their turns. So I think it's like a C and even like a D and like yellow and blue, probably. Okay, yeah. Um, I think it might be like a B minus in Azalea, but I, I think I'm wrong. Oof. In Azalea, I just think that look at the top card of the deck is actually relevant and like the conditional drawback is never going to be relevant in azalea or should never be but other than that i do think this card is like pretty bad outside of ranger um yeah it just means you can never play the attack from hand if you do have attack actions in your deck which you will because there is there is good attack actions in the set and the other thing as well is like i, I think we're just valuing azalea's hero ability a little bit differently mm-hmm. i am just not that excited about it although i will admit like from experience in arcane rising draft <laughs> it, it is it is definitely relevant in draft i think it's a lot better in draft than it is in sealed though that's for sure mm-hmm. Next up, we've got Brush Off, uh, Generic Instant, our first uh, instant, cost zero, and uh, at red says the next time you would be dealt that three or less damage this turn, prevent it. At yellow says two or less, at blue says one or less. Um, I, I think the only reason to play this card is because it just help you just use your hand up if you need, but it's like worse than Sigil, like it's a Sigil type effect, Sigil Terrible. Souls type effect, but, but worse. And I don't know, the blue pitch is a zero cost, so you might end up playing it in your kadachi decks but it's like a, it's like a d yeah i think it's like close to an f like i think this card is like it, it's d minus i think like <clears throat> the fact that it's narrow and it like if it was it'd be dealt four or less or, or like if it was you know prevent four I, I don't know but like the fact that this is on rate with sigil but it, it is also narrow it's just kind of this card is freaking terrible i think um so i'm going to give you the, the flip side to why i think this card is playable though mm-hmm. for certain decks and that is because 
uh, half the heroes don't, well, two of the six heroes do not have uh, access to defense reactions. And then another two of those heroes have access to, I would say, pretty bad defense reactions, I think. So I do think this could be relevant into decks that are going to rely on a lot of defense reactions. You are, I think at red, you're often going to get the full value out of this in basically every deck. And at worst in Katsu, you can throw it away your Katsu ability. Like, <laughs> I do, I do think, card yes, I agree. I do think it's a D, but what I, what I, I want to point out is I think this card is a bit more playable than it looks at face value. It, it reminds me a little bit more of a, a card in terms of playability, like Healing Balm, than a card like, I don't know, Liquify or something. Like, I do think this has mm. some, some value to it's it. It's one of those cards where I just hope my opponent's played against me. Um, it's like my memorial ground of the set, I think. All right, next up we have Peace mm. of Mind. This is much better than the last one. Generic instant at common. Uh, red costs two. Says the next time you would be dealt damage, attack damage, that is. This turn, prevent four of that damage, and it has create a ponder token. Well, so this card isn't narrow. It's like prevent four of that damage. It can be any sort of damage. Um, it has to be attack damage, but it can be any numerical value. And you create a ponder token. I think this can be utilized well with the equipment, which is what we talked about. Um, I still put this as a C minus, but I think that I'm just generally biased towards these effects and limited i kind of hate them like uh, they can sometimes be good in draft when you get a critical maximum of them and you can fatigue people because you're playing a 40 card deck and they have a 30 card deck but yeah i mean this is definitely better than the last one um i have it at c minus but i can be talked up to a c and you i won't be talking you up to it i'll tell you what um i don't like effects that are uh non-symmetrical like only have one get to be played on one side of the table in terms of you know you can't defend with it and attack with it you can only do one or the other i think those cards really suffer and limited uh the creator pond token is is not irrelevant right like that that is a, a big part of this text so i think you really want to have a seeker's equipment to like make value of this but if you can pitch a blue play this and use your seeker's equipment and then on your turn come in with like an attack for six or something and then draw a card to arsenal this is representing value like i, I maybe i could talk myself at least up to like a c um but the problem is, is like if your opponent has no attacks that come in for like four or greater for the turn, you know, they just come in for like a, a three or they come in with like a couple of weapons, then like a, a stealth for three or something, you're not getting the full value out of this and it starts to get yeah. worse. You're not, you're probably struggling to even get like, you probably still get the Seeker's value. That's fine. But yeah. And also the good thing with Seeker is you get to opt. opt before, yeah. I was going to say, so you're getting yeah, into the Ponder token, which is really important. As yeah. Well. Two card, five Ponder token and opt. You do lose the equipment, which I'm not really factoring in, but two card, five Ponder token opt. Is that good enough to be playable is the question. I think it is. I, I think I will, at red, I will play this more often yeah. than I won't, definitely in Sealed, and probably in at least Ranger, and probably mostly Ranger, I think, and at least some Assassin decks. I'm probably going to yeah play this more often than I think. So I think I'm probably going to go C with red, and then like C minus to Ds for the rest of them. Oh, yeah. I, I actually think like the other colors might be like super Fs. Like they might be really, really bad. Um yeah better than brush off <laughs> maybe ponder token is real and if you are pairing this with the seekers equipment like the, you get to opt first and then pop the ponder token to get two goes at getting a really good arsenal card like that that is that is good so effectively okay this card replaces itself so don't worry about that so you're paying a blue resource card to prevent five damage that that that's pretty good like if you can set that up the right way so you know yes it's a bit narrow it's a bit awkward and I, i'm not saying all of a sudden it's a blue for for five damage but it is um it can be that's definitely mm -hmm. the the level of that card so yeah. yeah i think the yellow and blue might be unplayable but i could be wrong the, i'm the, not disagreeing the upside of brush off <laughs> is like like you said with katsu you can actually ship it to the kadachis but yep i think just don't immediately chuck this in your unplayable pile is what i want to yeah. say i mean for me it's right away all right hayden that is all the cards sir
We've done it. We've done that. Has got to be a record time for our limited set review. I think we were uh, we're a lot more concise than we have been in the past. I think we've done this a bit now. We're starting to get uh, pretty seasoned at it. We, we, I hope that you enjoyed this limited set review. I really think, honestly, I think we've nailed a lot of these cards from a great perspective. Of course, we could turn around and be wrong next weekend, but I do feel like I'm already starting to get a pretty good handle on this limited format. I'm really excited to play it. I think this is maybe it's a part of me with just like hope because i love limited so much and i've just been begging for a great, great limited set and obviously uprising was 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 not that as much as i did like uprising it wasn't a great limited set um so maybe i'm a little bit biased and just a little bit you know sort of keeping my hopes a little bit high but this format does look it looks really deep the six heroes is really interesting i think draft is going to be an interesting sort of puzzle i think these hybrid cards keeping you open I think some really powerful rears which traditionally we don't see powerful rears right brennan a lot of the time it's like your commons are doing a lot of the heavy lifting, but some of these rears are really important and they're going to be cards you fight for early. Yeah. If you had to, like, let's say you're going to a pre-release tomorrow and you could land on any hero you want and you were trying to win, which one would you ideally want to land on? I would take the one that I think is probably going to be the easiest to play. Okay, let's go with power level. Which one do you think is the most powerful? Oh, I, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I think Ranger I looks have, a little bit pushed. Like the cards look really, really good. And just like overall. Yes, but you don't have a weapon, true, which is always difficult. True, true, true. That's, that's I would story. say, okay. Our grades average are higher cool. for Ranger than any other class by far. On average, were they? Yeah, okay. we had a lot more Bs and stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are some really good cards there. I think the no weapon really offsets that though, which is important. Um, like those cards are good, but weapon offsets that. I think probably, it's probably a ninja. I really like playing with Kadachis. It's probably and it's probably Benji for sealed, to be honest. I think Benji has a lot of upside in sealed because it's a lot harder. Games are gonna go a little longer than draft. It's harder for opponents to stop those breakpoints to get that value. I'm gonna have Chaff in my deck that's gonna get unblockability later in the game. I think Benji might have the highest win rate uh, this weekend at, at pre-release. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Uh, I'd probably be looking at a ranger. I just I think those cards look really powerful, but you're right. Like honestly, in a pre-release, I'm gonna be playing at so many people playing pile. Uh, I think in the context of doing that, I probably would pick a ninja um, just because Kadachi is I mean, Kadachi's alone will punish that strategy. It's like it's not going to be viable whatsoever. Um, but yeah, the ranger cards look really good. Like they look much better than like Arcane Rising ranger cards, which I thought were decent. Yep, completely agree. I think I, my, my last kind of like advice is I think you want to make sure you've got a good number of red arrows to, to go into ranger and you want some of these pumps. They're going to be really important. Oh, yeah, pumps, um, and I, for sure. I think I had a, uh, we talked about this on limited time only with Yuanji, but he really talked me around on Riptide. I was pretty down on Riptide in, in Sealed, but um, I think Yuanji was like convincing me that maybe Riptide is probably the better of the two in Sealed at least. So uh, we'll, we'll see. That's going to do it for episode 101 of Arsenal Pass. This is the Outsiders Limited Set Review. Had a lot of fun doing this, Brendan. I am actually now just super, I can't, cannot wait for the previews. Got to wait another week, but I'm super hyped. Uh, and we will be breaking down all things limited post the pre-release as well. And then we're getting into some draft, which also I can't wait to be doing. So I don't know. Any final words, Brendan? Nope, nothing for me. I'm also excited. And hopefully my pre-releases are not sold out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get out to some. Also moving, I'm moving to a new apartment like that weekend oh. as well. So I could, probably can only squeak, squeak in one or two, but I'm pumped either way. Oh, cool. best of luck with your move. I friggin' hate moving. Me too. You want to find us on Twitter? I'm at uh, Fian underscore Dale. This guy's at Brendan APG and joining the discourse uh big shout out to all of our arsenal pass patrons got a few things that have gone up this month on there uh limited time only check it out we've got a couple of other videos coming this month i think as well on on different things and uh otherwise until next week we'll see you in the next pod see everybody